0: Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed.
1: And good morning everybody. Welcome to today and Hoda's here with me at this morning because this is a sad morning here at Today and at NBC News. Just moments ago, NBC News Chairman Andy Lack sent the following note to our organization. Dear colleagues, on Monday night, we received a detailed complaint from a colleague about inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace by Matt Lauer. It represented, after serious review, a clear violation of our company's standards. As a result, we have decided to terminate his employment. While it is the first complaint about his behavior in the over 20 years he has been at NBC News, we were also presented with reason to believe this may not have been an isolated incident. Our highest priority is to create a workplace environment where everyone feels safe and protected, and to ensure that any actions that run counter to our core values are met with consequences, no matter who the offender. We are deeply saddened by this turn of events, but we will face it together as a news organization and do it in as transparent a manner as we can. That is the statement from our chairman, Andy Lack, and we just learned this moments ago, just this morning. As I'm sure you can imagine, we are devastated, and we are still processing all of this. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you right now, we do not know more than what I just shared with you, Mm -hmm. but we will be covering this story as reporters, as journalists. I'm sure we will be learning more details in the hours and days to come, and we promise we will share that with you. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, Hoda, I mean, you know, for the moment, all we can say is that we are heartbroken. I'm heartbroken Mm -hmm. for Matt. He is my dear, dear friend and my partner, and he is beloved by many, many people here. And I'm heartbroken for the brave colleague who came forward to tell her story and any other women who have their own stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And we are grappling with a dilemma that so many people have faced these past few weeks. How do you reconcile your love for someone with the revelation that they have behaved badly? Mm -hmm. And I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that this reckoning that so many organizations have been going through is important. It's long overdue and it must result in workplaces where all women, all people Mm -hmm. feel safe and respected. As painful as it is this moment in our culture and this change had to happen. Yeah, it
3: did. This is a, a very tough morning for both of us. Um, I've known Matt for 15 years, and I've loved him as a friend and as a colleague. And again, just like you were saying, Savannah, it's hard to reconcile what we are hearing with the man who we know who walks in this uh, building every single day, we were both woken up with the news kind of pre-dawn, and we're trying to process it and trying to make sense of it, and it'll take some time for that.
1: Yeah, we're processing it with all of yeah. you
3: at home, mm-hmm. and we promise to be
1: transparent and be straightforward and continue this important conversation. Absolutely. And
4: boom, there it is. Welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. This is your host tony reed it is the 3rd of december year of our lord 2017 i had a little week off i have an injured better half so excuse no podcast on wednesday but i got to take care of my bff for 30 years and i uh, just couldn't fit one in but that news of course is the shocking news of the week um it's very interesting considering This is how Matt Lauer
5: acted with other SH individuals. You were accused of sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. You said at the time you did absolutely nothing wrong. Do you stand by that? I do. And so did you provide Fox News any evidence, any information that you think could have changed their mind as to what you were guilty or not guilty of? You were probably the last guy in the world that they wanted to fire because you were the guy that the ratings and the revenues were built on. You carried that network on your shoulders for a lot of years. So doesn't it seem safe to assume that the people at Fox News were given a piece of information or given some evidence that simply made it impossible For you to stay on at Fox News. Um, But you don't let your number one guy go unless you have information that you think makes him. That's not true. Did you ever send a lewd text or email to another employee at Fox News? No. Did you ever have any human resources cases brought against you? Every company in this country, including... This one, Comcast, has these lawsuits. Everyone, But think about those five women um, and what they did. They came forward and filed complaints against the biggest star at the network they worked at. Think of how intimidating that must have been, how nerve-wracking that must have been. Doesn't that tell you how strongly they felt about the way they were treated by you? Over the last six months since your firing, have you done some soul-searching? Have you, have you done some self-reflection? Just 26 days to go until the election. At least four women have now come forward accusing Donald Trump of improper behavior, including kissing and groping. But right now, let's bring in Nicole Wallace and Steve Kornacki. Good morning to both of you. The last week or so, we sat here on a number of occasions. I think, Nicole, you said that that Access Hollywood tape might be the low, might be the bottom, might be the final straw. Is this the final, final straw in this campaign?
1: Back now at eight eleven with a special, Rosson reports, the smack heard round the studio. It was an off-air moment involving two of our own, Matt Lauer and Willie Geist, and it has everyone around here talking and accusing. The whole thing was captured on surveillance cameras, so we sent today National Investigative Correspondent Jeff Rawson, just outside Studio 1A to give us more. Jeff, good morning.
6: Hey guys, good morning. It all happened right here. This is the door to the studio, and right over here is the staircase upstairs to Matt's dressing room. Matt says around this time yesterday morning, he came down the stairs, was standing about over here, getting ready for an upcoming segment, when Willie walked in, said, hey Matt, and then Matt says he smacked him right on the tush. Look, this kind of behavior happens all the time between guys on football fields and then huddles, but is it really appropriate for the workplace? Judge for yourself caught on tape surveillance cameras are rolling as Willie's hand goes in for the swap did you see it here it is again from another angle the owner of that derriere breaking his silence
5: I was standing by the doorway in the vestibule and and Willie came out I just said hi, hi Willie, how are you and um, I thought that would be the end of it and then he just, he reached out and, you
6: know. Yes, we do. Watch what happens next. Matt slaps back. Is there more to this story?
5: Someone look at this and say, you did something to provoke this. It's impossible. I didn't do anything differently. I wasn't wearing a different cologne. It just, it just, this was uninitiated. Willie.
6: Jeff Rawson from NBC News. I didn't do it. I think you know what this is about. We had some questions for Willie. We have it all on tape, Willie. Your hand touching Matt's tush. How do you explain that?
7: It was a touch of the lower back, I think, if you review the security footage. We it have. It's readily available. Can I show you, Matt, show you what yeah. I did to Matt? Yeah. I had papers in my hand, and the okay. tape will show this clearly. And it was a strike to the lower back. Good tidings. Good day to see you, sir.
6: You have never done this to anyone else in the office. You've never touched my butt. You've never touched Al's butt. This almost seems like a targeted attack.
7: I have touched Al's butt. Just not with the
5: cameras rolling.
6: Do you feel
5: victimized by this? I'm upset for a couple of reasons. One, that he denied it. I mean, why deny it? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you do it, own up to it. And secondly, um, since it happened, he hasn't called. Isn't written, nothing.
6: That may be the worst part of all.
5: The abandonment.
6: We've shown this tape to several experts who all agree this kind of play is only appropriate when you have the prior permission of both people, which our investigation has uncovered. Willie did
1: not have. Guys? Jeff Rossin, thank you so much. Wow. wow. Now, we ought to she check in music. at
5: Scarborough and see if this has happened before. Oh, it has. Oh, it has. I,
7: I would say a couple things. First of all, I've retained legal counsel, so there's only so much <laughs> I can say. In, in fact, matter. you should
1: stop talking right now. Probably I'm your lawyer. so, but yes. I think
7: if you look at the videotape, it's more damning for this gentleman than it is for me. I came, came with right rolled-up rolled up paper. Yeah, that's the difference. The you tape is like conclusive this, right? to your lower back. And watch oh, the return fire, if we get to this part of the tape. You're the one that has something to answer for. Oh, really?
5: Yeah.
8: Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's arena. my lower back. That's arena. That was yeah. my okay. lower back. Here we go. What, what's that? You did okay. With the full you know what? We problem. should go to Dustin Hoffman and ask his mm-hmm. opinion of this. Because he can. I think he can. What do you mean? Dustin?
9: Appropriate? His. Inappropriate?
8: Should I answer?
9: Yeah.
8: Yes. <laughs> I'm. I'm a little confused. Did he? Did Willie swat him with his Willie? Or? Did <laughs> okay. Oh. okay, I made a mistake. We should not go to Dustin
5: Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I
1: think we've said all there is say about, head
5: head about to the guys, West Coast. Done, done. Do you anyway, want to apologize? Or? No, I don't want to apologize. Again. Next time, write a card. All right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where I come from, we call that hypocrisy, boys and girls. Hypocrisy. And that is thy name, Matt Lauer. Because we remember how Riley and all the people at Fox, and as we'll see, there's still people that want to play... Well, our people are better. With every SH example we have, and SH has now become a freaking acronym for sexual harassment. Go figure. But we got to remember it's intersectionality, because Amanda Marco Marquette, whatever, links alleged media sex misconduct to baseless campaign of persecution against Hillary. And yeah, that was a whole article that came out this week.
10: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: <clears throat> this was broke by all the people. We had Jim Rutenberg, Brian Seltzer, breaking news overnight. Matt Lauer has been terminated. For several weeks, rumors have swirled. The TV news business of a damning stories in the works about Matt Lauer. Byron York. When a news organization fires a hugely prominent figure, it should have case ready to present to public. Don't throw two anchors on air who don't know what's going on. When CBS fired Rose, public knew overwhelming evidence. With NBC, the Lauer... And Lauer, public in the dark. Yeah. So what kind of articles do you think we have now? It's same as last time. Can you love someone who did bad things? Angst and the sex misconduct scandal extends beyond victims. That's from WAPO, where they're basically saying, you know, we can still love them. They're good people. Tom Cluton from CNN, MSNBC's coverage of Lauer firing today vastly exceeds the amount of airtime Fox devoted to both Ailes and O'Reilly termination combined. Not even close. Remember that. Paul Farthy. And in still more harassment news, CNN tells me it dismissed Teddy Davis, senior producer of Jake Tapper's State of the Union program, over behavior that did not align with the standards and values of CNN. Three women had complained about Davis. So basically, that guy from CNN talking trash, well, Tapper's producer, physical and sexual assault. So Problematic AF says CNN guy goes all but motherfucks, while his own network can Tapper's producer today. You haven't tweeted once about your CNN colleague being fired today for sexual misconduct. Remember that? <laughs> Another one, since you work for CNN, can I get this timestamp on your fake news network coverage of Jake Tapper's producer? Compared to Bill O'Reilly, yeah. And other interesting things that came out on this, Matt Lauer had a button under his desk that allowed him to lock his door. Just so he can get his freaky deaky on. Betsy fisher Marston, FYI, as strange as sounds in print, several execs at NBC News have this auto door closed switch under their office desk at 30 Rock. Always found to be intimidating, but not unusual. Yeah, if you got your own locking switch, that's probably not good. But as you can guess, you know, the media,
8: totally different on Matt Lauer. Well, obviously, um, very sad news for everybody here at NBC, obviously. For the person who was brave enough to come forward, also, as Savannah said there, uh, for a lot of people at the Today Show that have known and loved the at for a very long time, you know... This has to be devastating. This,
7: yeah, I'm stunned. Um, like Savannah, I didn't know anything about this until a couple of minutes ago. I don't know what the allegations are specifically, but my heart is with the person who made those allegations for stepping forward, and it's with the staff of the Today Show that's worked with Matt for almost 25 years wow. and considered him a friend. And he is the leader over there. You know, he is the he is in charge. So I'm thinking about all my friends across the street, and my thoughts, of course, are with Matt. He's been uh, a friend he's been um, he's been a mentor he's been a guy you could watch a guy who led by his example on on the set the way he treated the crew the way he knew everybody's name the the class and dignity he carried himself with but all i can say from a professional point of view is that he is one of the guys i have always looked up to in this business and he taught me an awful lot
8: yeah I, again I, I i don't i haven't known matt haven't dealt with him a whole lot uh... And when people ask me about Matt, the only thing I could tell him, Peggy, was when I first came here as a Republican and went over to the Today Show for the first time, nobody talked to me. But Matt Lauer got up from his desk, walked across the studio, like fumbling over a lot of things, shook my hands, he goes, We're glad you're here. Oh well,
3: that was And I nice. relaxed, right? So So he appreciated the predicament. I guess I
8: I, and- I guess I think What everybody is grappling with now is how do you sort through all of this? How do you, as Savannah said, somebody that you've known and loved and worked with for all of these years when they do bad things? Yeah. That sounds, sounds kind of like what we all have to do with members of our own family and figure out how to sort through it. Except this is a much bigger moment. Uh, with, I won't say larger consequences than with family, but it's very complex. So it is. How, you, how, how do we sort through this moment? Because I'm starting to read and Mika's starting to tweet columns where people said, let's not jump the shark. Let's be careful here so it doesn't blow up in our face down the road. There was a New York Times column last night.
7: If your moral code doesn't dictate that you come out strongly against someone who's been accused of these things, I know maybe a political strategic argument would prevail on the president, which is that you win this seat, the Senate seat for Roy Moore. It's a pyrrhic victory because you will be saddled, as you all have just said, yeah. as the party of a pedophile. For the rest of Roy Moore's term. And by the way, the president will be saddled with that and say you stood up in this moment of truth. You stood up and took the side of yeah. an accused pedophile. If
8: Donald Trump and the Republicans back Roy Moore and seat him, they're gonna be the party
11: of pedophiles. The
9: president basically admitted I rather have a trial molester in the Senate than a Democrat and has set the standard for our country.
11: I mean, this is not only bad, it is obscenely bad. This moment that we are in in which you have this um, remarkable cultural shift taking victims seriously you know listening to the women who courageously come forward and the president of the united states is doubling down going back to his playbook from the access hollywood video you know uh, believing you know i mean believing roy moore i mean what he, what a catastrophe this is for the conservative movement and the republican party what he has done is put a scarlet p for pedophile on the forehead of every republican in this country that does not strongly repudiate this um, look, the kind of the, the thing you just played—I mean, you know, invoking purity to justify the sexual assault of a minor. I mean, this, we are living in crazy times, and the president of the United States is putting the prestige of his office behind this craziness because, well, it's a binary choice, right? At least he's not a Democrat. He- Yeah,
4: we're still in the same zone, folks. And we're not going to change because Matt Lauer was on the team. He did really well at dogging conservatives and breaking people down and judging. They're all just a bunch of fucking hypocrites. So that's number one before we close the room. Number two, oh, this fucking shit just made me lose my freaking, I mean, I felt pain in my spleen
8: and my pancreas over this one. Uh, I, it, I don't think this is about Elizabeth Warren any more than I think uh, his battle against uh, NFL players is about Colin Kaepernick. It's not. It's about anybody who's not a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. They've, everything's coded. So, oh, we've got Native Americans here. Well, instead of praising Native Americans because I don't want my the, the most racist elements of my base think I'm going to go soft, I'm going to make a racial uh, a joke Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and and sort of pop the balloon so anybody doesn't think i'm not associated with the steve bannon wing and the white nationalist wing do you think it's that thought out of course i think so because of course it is because he would not joke that way uh, uh, if, it, if it were a group of white soldiers he just wouldn't and, and i'm you know the last to go out and throw the race card down on the table but it is so obvious he attacks the nfl uh... because uh, and and we saw it also with the ucla players it's always sort of poking and prodding and, and making jokes and making attacks at the expense of people who are not <clears throat> white. You- the takeaway from this, I think, Elise, really is that Donald Trump continues to play to his lowest base, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the 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 worst angels among all Americans, and if even if you're in a ceremony or an event. And you're not white, uh, then chances are good he's going to find a way to insult you, not to insult you specifically, but to just remind his white nationalist base still with you.
4: Yeah, so that happened. If you're a cat, meow, a purring. Sorry, folks, I, I got my cat in here. It, she won't. It's either that or you hear scratch on the door. So the president was doing a ceremony honoring co-talkers from World War II. And in his typical inappropriate faction, he brought politics into a solemn ceremony. So let me just say, before all you people call me a hypocrite, yeah, this is wrong. He shouldn't have said it. But the way the media handled it, oh, sweet Jesus. Because if this was real, folks, and, and we're going to play some refudiation about Pocahontas in a second, and... Well, let's just do that before we even start. Here is a montage of media talking about it, but also real reporters, not sure NBC, CBS, local reporters. There's been Cherokee Indians that call bullshit on this lady. She's a lying piece of shit. She's focahontas. She's as much a Cherokee Indian as I can run around saying I'm Greek, which I am Greek, but I'm a white boy. I'm a bunch of shit. I got like eight different nationalities. So I don't walk around going Greek and throwing fucking fed on people and saying, OOPPA! I don't do that. But this lady was trying to get an upper hand for collegiate reasons as a professor. And so she lied. And she's been lying ever since. So Pocahontas is not racist, my friends. I'll put the freaking bottom line up front.
8: It's true. She's a fucking faker, just like the cartoon. Three Navajo heroes, all in their 90s, reacted with silence. The venue was new, but the insult is is one the president used over and over again during the campaign to attack Senator Elizabeth Warren, who came under fire in 2012 for claiming, without any proof, to have Native American heritage.
9: It's a reference to the Massachusetts senator's past claims of Cherokee ancestry.
3: But the truth is the truth. I believe my mother. That
0: Pocahontas quip, an insult he's hurled at Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren before. Warren came under fire as a Senate candidate for claiming Native American ancestry during her academic career.
12: Well, new calls for the Democratic Senate uh, candidate in Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren, to come clean about her history. This whole controversy started a couple of weeks ago when it surfaced that Elizabeth Warren, who was challenging the Republican Scott Brown in Massachusetts for his U.S. Senate seat, has claimed in the past to be a Native American. While she was teaching at Harvard, while she was at another top university, she listed herself, she claimed she did it because she wanted to meet other people who were like her. This is all based on her claim that her great-great-great-grandma may have been Cherokee, something now genealogists have said they have zero evidence of. And we have heard increasing calls uh, from the Cherokee community after uh, new reports suggest that Warren may not have any Cherokee background at all to have her apologize. Twyla Barnes is a Cherokee genealogist behind the blog Thoughts from Polly's Grandmother. She wrote an open letter to Warren asking for proof of her heritage. Twyla, thank you very much for being here. You know, she maintains that it's been in her family, she's known about it for a long time, and maybe there's no proof of it, but that she is indeed 132nd Cherokee. What say you?
1: No, she's not. I've I've looked at her documentation. I've looked at her family papers. There's nothing to indicate she's Cherokee. Her family is found nowhere among Cherokee records.
12: What about the great-great-great-grandma, Sarah Smith, O.C. Sarah Smith, who first we were told that in a marriage application, uh, marriage license application, she was listed as Cherokee. Now that we're being told, there's really no proof of, of any of that.
1: Elizabeth, can you put this issue to bed and tell us whether or not you are, in fact,
3: a
9: member of a minority group?
3: So, I uh, middle-class families are getting hammered. I've been out talking to people about this all across the Commonwealth, and what they care about are what Washington is going to do about that. My Republican opponent um, has made it clear what he will do. He voted to double the interest rates. Members on of the Cherokee Nation want to
9: know. They yeah. they say you should come clean. I
3: I have made the facts clear, and what I'm trying to do is talk about in this Senate race what matters to America's families what matters to the families of the commonwealth of Massachusetts so you tell us Brown not. has hammered on my family at the same time that he that now middle class families are also getting hammered on this is the issue and it's my job in this campaign to talk about those well, issues this is your what matters to the and 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 then stop
13: I, I can't stop her when she's in this in the in the sequence i
3: Why did you claim you were a minority and then stop? I've told you. I have answered these questions. I am going to talk about what's happening to America's families. It's what people across the Commonwealth of Massachusetts tell me is important to them, and it's what I'm going to continue to do. I have talked about the issues that are most important to the families of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. The families themselves have made this clear. I have answered the questions about my background, about my family, and I am talking about what matters to the people of Massachusetts. They have said what they care about is that middle-class families are getting hammered. This election will be decided based on whose side you stand on. Scott Brown has hammered those families harder. He just voted to double the interest rate on student loans, and I have worked for middle-class families for all of my life, I've spent the last 30 years out there advocating on behalf of America's middle class. And that's what I'm going to talk but about. You're not answering it's the question. What, it's what I got in this race to talk about, and it's what I'm going to continue to talk about. Warren says her great-great-great-grandmother is Cherokee, but genealogists have yet to confirm that. Warren referenced a photo of her grandfather on her mantle as part of the family lore. My Aunt B has walked by that picture at least a thousand times, remarked that, he, that her father, my papa, had high cheekbones like all of the Indians do, because that's how she saw it. And she said, and your mother got those same great cheekbones, and I didn't. She thought this was the bad deal she had gotten in life.
4: You just go to YouTube and input, folks. Everything I found today on Lauer and Pocahontas, it's it's there. And if this was such a thing. Why is the first thing Senator Warren did with it was this? Daniel, this is actual reporter who's on her email list, which is not surprising because reporters are all Democratic, you know, donors. You might have heard that Donald Trump likes to call me Pocahontas. He does it on Twitter and rallies and even official White House meetings. But today he stooped to a disgusting low. Yeah, that was a whole two-page, two-page, my friends, fundraising email. Zeke Miller predictably predictably Warren is out with fundraising. Email on Trump's comments. Debra, Gabriel de Benedinente, Elizabeth's warning money Elizabeth's Warren e- Money email just now, subject line Pocahontas. He did this because he thinks that he can bully me and shut me up. He thinks he can bully and science anybody he wants. Well it looks like he did, because the tax plan, which we'll cover our next podcast, it went into effect. Senate passed it. Looks like you couldn't fix that lady. Wow. Senator Warren sure is getting a lot of mileage out of her job. She stole the Native American to use as a stepping stone. She lied to give affirmative action system and the press doesn't care. Jim Acosta, Trump at event Navajo, blah, blah, blah. Jim Acosta, White House press secretary says Pocahontas not a racial slur. Fact check. It is. Mark Hemingway. Rather than acknowledge Warren lied about her heritage and benefited from those lies, Acosta is claiming Trump is making a racial slur. Huh? Fact check. She's white. It may have been a racial slur if Senator Warren was, in fact, American Indian. Fact check. She isn't. A million fact checks back at that idiot. Hillary has Kuru, Bethy the Lori. A white woman claimed to be Cherokee is not only a racial slur against Cherokee Nation, but it's blatant cultural appropriation. Get your PC straight, Acosta. Christopher C. Cuomo Fools multiply when men are silent. Mandela. Christopher Cuomo. You finally picked up a sensitivity. Good for you. Trump called him that. That's the point. Pocahontas is a slur. Okay. Lies with glee. Cheats to get in. Represents communism. Wealth. Indian is not a term we use anymore, but Trump would. That's the point. Pocahontas is meant to insult. That's why it's a slur. It's not a nod to the Poahata. This guy went all freaking Poahotan historical figure. Somebody pointed out, Senator Warren took 400k a year from Harvard under false pretenses that she's a Native American. She deserves to be labeled Pocahontas and much more. Christopher Cuomo, not true. Do the research on how Ward applied and held herself out in different stages. This is lemming logic. You read something that distorts and you accepted it. It's not a slur to call a white woman Pocahontas, especially when the white woman is called that because she lied. Cuomo defended her for 80 fucking tweets. 80 tweets. Media went crazy on this. They thought they got him. They thought this is it. We got him. American people said suck it. Not true. Full articles out there. In other than liberal media, which just means the rest of the internet. Media are wrong to say Trump Pocahontas insult of Warren is racist. These are not insults of Native Americans, but of people falsely claiming to be Native Americans. And one need not be smart to understand that. In this article, they break it down. The lady's a fucking liar. He breaks down how the media just lost it. Why does the press cover for Senator Warren? They report Trump calling, called Warren Pocahontas and the press is a slight of Native Americans. But notice how the MSM has stopped explaining that Warren for years exaggerated her background by claiming to be something she isn't. This is the biggest non story ever and it blew up in their face. Just blew up in their face. Actual code talker just met thomas Baggy, who was puzzled but not offended by trump's pocahontas quip the marines made us yell geronimo when we jumped out of a plane that didn't offend me either <laughs>
2: Woo!
4: yeah that's fucking really good that's really good really good because it's true so that's your two crazy, stupid up front. Let's close the loop and get a little media play on the Kanye Franken. Oh, yeah. This one's not going too well for the damn...
0: are strengthened by due process. Mm -hmm. Just because someone is accused, and and was it one accusation, is it two? I think there has to be. John Conyers is an icon in our country.
14: Do you believe John Conyers is accused?
0: I don't know who they are. Do you? They have not really come forward. Look, I think it's really
15: important that the words due process have come up in this conversation. Not that it's possible in every situation, but in this situation, Every situation that we have covered over the past two months is different, except for maybe one or two. They all have different dynamics to them. They all have different levels of nasty to them or bad to them. And they all need to be treated differently. And I think this one breaks my heart it really does
8: how, how shocking uh the word due process actually Thank enraged you Pelosi. enraged some people yesterday Thank you. listen I th- there's there's something bigger here with john conyers john conyers 3 years ago had articles written about him from people who adored him yeah. saying he should step aside because in 2014 i think it was he went to the opening of an arab american uh museum and when he got up to talk he was talking about uh, Miles Davis and John Coltrane rambling around. He's showing up in pajamas at meetings. <clears throat> How old is he? He, people, somebody in his office needs to step in. He, they were talking about him having dementia several years ago. When it comes to John Conyers, the guy's showing up in pajamas, okay? He's, he's clearly not capable of being a united states congress but he is an icon people need to step in now as far as nancy pelosi getting hammered for being an icon you tell me what do you what do you call this person before this happened a guy who was a korean war veteran a guy who when he got into congress was one of only four black members in congress a guy who single-handedly started The Congressional Black Caucus, a guy who is responsible for Rosa Parks laying in state in the United States, capped, I believe, the first black woman to ever be afforded that honor. Uh, Oh, he was in Selma on that bloody, bloody day so many years ago. I would call that an icon. I would call that an icon. if you're offended by that, if you're offended by Nancy Pelosi calling a man like that an icon... Well, let me just say that you remind me an awful lot of the Bible thumpers I grew up with, and a lot like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker back in 1978 or 1979. Yes, he needs to be taken out of Congress. And yes, he's obviously a danger to others. He's a danger to himself. He needs to be removed from Congress because he's not capable of being in Congress. And people who love him and people who care for him need to gather around him now and tell him it's time to to go go home. So bottom line up front, by the time we get done with this week, this little
4: montage I'm going to play, it didn't go too well for Nancy Pelosi. Let's just put it that way. So Congressman Tim Ryan, who's the only person who wants to challenge that lump of fucking silicone and Botox... I agree with Pelosi, Kanye should resign, and for that matter, Franken should resign too, these are credible allegations, blah, 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 blah. But it took us a whole week to get there. A lot of big old media libs like Jennifer Rubin and David M. Drucker during the week gave them a pass and let them just basically float for a while. They just floated with their inconsistencies and hypocrisy in regards to more must resign Fox news yeah! and ignoring NBC Franken and Conyer. So Franken Al Franken issued a new apology. I'm a warm person. I hug people. I've learned from recent stories and some of those encounters across the line. Chelsea Handler, surprisingly, Sorry, but asking Al Franken to resign without asking Roy Moore or Donald Trump to resign based on all accusations, unfair Republican bullshit. You do not rule the world, real Donald Trump. The world simply made a mistake. You ignore the 20, 2035 allegations against Democrats that come out every day and only pay attention to allegations about Republicans. There, fixed it. Somebody did it to her. Because once again, she's the only diehard. That's it. Beckett Adams, Franken apologized to people he says he had let down. No admission of wrongdoing. Stephen Muller won't say how or who, blames the victim's feelings. These are all things that you say about Republicans. Fifth woman alleges Franken groped her. An Army veteran groped said Franken groped her in December 2003, telling CNN that while she was deployed in Kuwait, the Minnesota Democrat cupped her breasts. Then a sixth elected official in New England latest to accuse Al Franken of unwanted sexual advance. Talk to a cis Al Franken accuser says that he tried to give her a wet open mouth kiss in 2006. Mm hmm. Yeah. There he is. Then Conyer new Conyer accuser showed up to a meeting in his underwear. Sec, second ex-staffer accuses Conyers of sexual harassment. Jake Tapper, I didn't report the harassment because it was clear nobody wanted to take it seriously. John Conyers is a powerful man in Washington. Nobody wanted to cross him. Conyers' attorney says, woman is lying because she kept working for him. I needed to earn a living and I was 57. How many people are going to hire you at that age? But the big one was Nancy. And it took a long time. For her to come to Jesus. Because this is how she handled it on MTP. Now I made a montage with her MTP and her hypocrisy about Filtner and others. Because the reality is Nancy Pelosi is covered for a lot of Democrat sexual harassers. You said there's now a
14: zero tolerance. Yes. John Conyers, what does that mean for him
0: right now? Let's say we are strengthened by due process. Mm -hmm. Just because someone is accused, and and was it one accusation, is it two? I think there has to be. John Conyers is an icon in our country. He has done a a great deal to protect women, violence against women act, which the right wing is now quoting me as praising him for his work on that, and he did great work on that. But the fact is... Uh, as John reviews his case, which he knows, which I don't, I believe he will Why do. You, I believe that well, he will. That excuse me, may I finish my sure, sentence. Sure. That he will do the right thing.
7: And is the right thing what resign?
0: He will do the right thing in terms of what he knows about his situation, that he's entitled to due process. But women are reti- entitled to due process right. as well.
14: Wait, he, but he, got it, he took advantage of a situation where he had an, uh, the rules of Congress, and I know you guys want to change these rules, but he got to hide his settlement. He got
16: to His yeah, well, accusers had to go through all, all sorts and of craziness. So why is he entitled to new due process
0: well, I, in I, this I, case? No, I, 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 we are talking about what we have heard. I've asked the Ethics Committee to review that. Yeah. He has said he'd be open. He, it will cooperate you believe with the accusers?
14: Excuse me. Do you believe John Conyers is? A
0: I don't know who they are. Do you? They have not really come forward, and and that gets so you to don't your... know if
14: you believe the accusations.
0: What? That's for the ethics committee to review. But I believe he understands what is at stake here, and he will do the right thing.
3: You started out your comments talking about women. Yes. One of your former California colleagues. Congressman, former
15: Congressman Filner has admitted to inappropriate um, conduct with women and he's facing some allegations of sexual harassment. Should he step down as mayor of San Diego? Uh,
0: what goes on in San Diego is up to the people of San Diego. I, I'm, I'm not here to make any judgments or even be fully versed on what happened there. My colleagues who do represent San Diego have made their statements uh, on the subject, but that's all I'll say about that. Yes, ma'am.
17: Welcome to the Late Show, everybody. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert, and I, uh, I want you to know, I want you to know, this is my pledge, this is our pledge to you right now, that the Late Show Intelligence Committee will follow our investigation of Trump and Russia wherever it leads. Usually it leads to James Corden in about an hour, but wherever. But for the past week, everybody everywhere has been wondering about Devin Nunez's secret intelligence source of the White House. Nunez has refused to reveal who it was out of concern that if his source was exposed, he'll have to come up with a new reason to cancel all the Russia hearings. <laughs> well, today, the failing in New York Times revealed that the person who met with Nunez was, in fact, Two people. <laughs> According to the Times, the sources were Ezra Cohen-Watnick, the senior director for intelligence to the National Security Council, and Michael Ellis, a lawyer who works on national security issues at the White House. Say it isn't so, Michael Ellis and Ezra Cohen-Watnick. I've trusted you ever since I learned your names at the beginning of this sentence. I can't believe it's those two guys whose names I've forgotten at this point. Right, right. But the rest of the story hasn't changed, okay? Everything else is the same. It was legal wiretaps of foreign officials who were apparently talking to Trump people. Still don't know what they were talking about. Or if Trump's campaign colluded with Vladimir Putin. But CNBC's Jeff Cutmore tried to get the answer straight from the horse's mouth and the man who rides shirtless on it.
18: (laughs) You and the Russian government did never try to
19: influence the outcome of the U.S. presidential election, and there will be no evidence found.
20: Ronald Reagan, Reagan, once was debating about taxes and uh, addressing the Americans, said, uh, watch my lips. He said, no, watch my lips, no.
17: Vladimir <laughs> <laughs> uh, Putin sure is a jokester. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Aye. I who? Who is asking I who? Are you a journalist? I will kill you. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, he said that Reagan said that read my lips thing. Reagan didn't say it. That was George H.W. Bush. It's the reason Vlad lost Jeopardy's War Criminals Week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, get it's getting okay. huge ratings. <laughs> I love watching every year. Every year, I love watching War Criminals Week. I'm sorry, your answer must be in the form of a murder. Speaking of Donald Trump's loved ones, yesterday, it was announced that Ivanka Trump will become a federal employee in the White House, serving as the president's eyes and ears. Yeah, yeah, eyes and ears. No word yet on who will be operating his brain. So, yay, brain... Very happy. Very happy. You get this, Ben. Bring your daughter to govern day. So he's hired his daughter as assistant to the president, his son-in-law as his senior advisor, and put Eric and Donald Jr. in charge of the National Hair Jail Reserve. Anyway, anyway. It's always 1985. Anyway, I'm not sure who's doing what in the White House with all these things split up. Can we put up the White House chore wheel? Okay, this week, Ivanka's on domestic policy, Jared's on foreign policy, and looks like the president is loading the dishwasher again. It's a big responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility. Uh, you gotta make you, gotta sure gotta you rinse. do it right. You gotta pre-rinse. Wipe it down. You gotta pre-rinse. <laughs> but let's take a break from Trump for just a moment, okay? Let's uh-huh. take, Can we take a break? Take can we take a break. a break from Trump, please? Can we do that? Let's just do that. We can do that. Let's talk about someone who has no power in Washington, Mike Pence. <laughs> the Washington Post just did a profile of Mike and, and Mrs. Mike, and they have, evidently, a pretty solid thing going on. Because Pence never eats alone with a woman other than his wife. That can only mean one thing. Mike Pence is such an out-of-control, force-five came. that he has to be monitored by Karen Pence at all times. <laughs> One Amstel Light, and he's dry-humping the bread baskets. Okay? Oh, there's snow on the roof, but there's a fire in the furnace. Pence also won't attend events featuring alcohol without his wife by his side. He is so naughty. If you left him alone with a bottle of whiskey, he might try to have sex with it. And Jim Beam and Jack Daniels are both dudes. And he's not into that scene. All right? He has to pray away the Mount Gay. (laughs) Then, there's the story. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. I don't know. Then there's the story of how the Pences got engaged while they were out feeding ducks in 1985. It's a true story. Mike Pence hollowed out two loaves of bread, placing a bottle of champagne in one and the ring box in the other for her to discover as she tore off pieces which is pretty impressive. It means that Karen Pence can tell the difference between Mike Pence and a loaf of bread. It's actually a very cute, it's a very cute engagement story. Mm-hmm. It's as good... Damn it! It's actually, it's actually a very cute engagement story. And it's a good thing Karen was there, because you do not want to leave Mike Pence alone with one of those seductive loaves of bread. Yeah. The yeast isn't the only thing that's rising. i had a good talker
1: at the top here. The Post recently, the Washington Post, did a profile piece on Karen Pence, the vice president's wife, and it really started a great discussion in our newsroom. In the article, we learned that Mike Pence has a policy. You know, he and his wife have been married for years now. Here's his own personal policy. He says he doesn't dine alone with a woman unless his wife is there. And it really Never got one with yeah, yeah, and I got a lot of us talking in the newsroom. You know, is that what do you think of that policy? Do you think that's a wise sounds policy? Sounds like old school policy
7: that yeah. Mike Pence would be all on board with.
1: I think it makes some sense. It's like I don't know if yeah. I would. I don't think I would ask my husband to have right. that policy, but I think it's like Does she probably have that wise? Policy? I don't know. Mrs.
21: Hmm, Pence, I'm yeah. not sure. What's my question?
16: But why? Why wouldn't you have dinner with? I mean, I think from his point of view, the the easiest way to resist temptation is to avoid it. Not yeah. to say that the vice president. Yeah, I'm not. I
7: assume that's me, just yeah. business in men and women can't be just friends. It goes back to that whole. You know thing.
1: what? Right, so, so we're not and gonna and have business.
9: dinner. We're not gonna have dinner. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. that's it. we're done. We have dinner. So you We're having dinner. i would like them to come. You can
7: see making a wife uncomfortable.
9: Yeah, he's out. To eat with another woman, not because. What if I don't the know, wife knows the just, woman?
7: What's, no, no, then it's okay.
1: Know, but I know, I don't know. I think it, I'm not, I don't come down either side of it, but I do think it's interesting. I had a friend whose father told him when he got married, you know, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Don't get yourself in that situation. Don't let yourself even get mm-hmm. in a situation where you're tempted uh-huh. and you'll be in good shape. I think that's
16: what's behind that idea.
19: The satirical uh-huh. newspaper, the, uh, the Onion,
16: had a bit of fun <laughs> I with know, this. I know, you got to love The Onion. Uh, the headline here Mike Pence. Asks a waiter to remove Mrs. Butterworth from, from the table until wife arrives. Remove the
2: situation.
7: Hey,
13: happy, I know. No uh, brings happiness is misguided or just plain wrong. Some of the gratitude and positivity, they do work in the short run, but they fail as soon as you run out of attention or you get bored or you run out of discipline. What Blue Zones of Happiness does is give you about 50 evidence-based ways to reshape your surroundings. Setting up your house the right way, your social network the right way, your finances the right way, um, your work life the right way. People who are socializing five and six hours a day are most likely to say they're enjoying their days uh, day-to-day and moment-to-moment. Having lunches with friends, making sure you're doing happy hour, having dinner with your family. Your family counts in that five or six hours of interaction. We evolved as a social species. And we get a, almost a genetic reward by... Um, indulging that, that instinctual urge. About 40% of how happy we are are dictated by your genes. 15% is chance, but about 45% or so is up to you. If you're uh, um, chronically unhappy, I can't make you happy, but I can help get you at the upper end of your happiness range. She's a fucking hypocrite.
4: A hypocrite. And, do, and, and Chuck Toad on that interview, do you think that's how it go if there was an R? People walked out of her meeting, completely out of her meeting this week, and chastise her. Just chastise her. Because at the end of the day, she's a fucking hypocrite. None of that, none of it, makes any sense. Because we've had six... Five, it just keeps piling up, folks. But Al Franken returned to work at U.S. Senate today while feeling embarrassed and ashamed in an interview with Dennis, Minnesota Dem was asked a yes or no question that it was greeted with an answer longer than just word. I can't say that it hasn't happened in crowded, chaotic situations. I can't say I haven't done that. I'm very sorry these women experienced that. That was his answer to, have you ever put your hand on some woman's butt? They're going to walk, folks. Even though Nancy's changed it, they're going to walk. Tim Ryan saying stuff, Kathleen Rice, she left the meeting because Pelosi wouldn't address it. I don't have time for conversations that aren't real. But there's a whole article on task and purpose you can read how Nancy Pelosi has taken care of Democratic sexual harassment. This lets them go. And the media, well, New York Times, timeline of sexual misconduct omits powerful Democrats. And a piece that was supposed to be rolling documentation of sexual misconduct allegations that have come to light since the topping of Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, the New York Times looked at a series of accusations against Democratic politicians, and on top of that blatant omission, the timeline had gone unupdated since November 21st, despite a flood of new allegations, including one Democratic congressman exposing a former Democratic congressman. Here's a list of such cases, which will be updated periodically. The list does not include accusations against men for whom there have been no minimal fallout. They omitted the Democrats. They omitted the... The Republicans are the party of Pedophiles. That's what it was being saying on MSDNC and CNN. But de- how many Democrats? We're not 30, folks. 30. Donors. Hollywood. Politicians. Gillibrand asked of Sarbetter if, fr- by Sarbetter, if Franken should resign from the Senate. It's his decision. Profiles and courage. Profiles and courage. That's what people were actually tweeting her. So this has not gone away. It won't go away. The media won't cover it correctly. It is just the same old, same old. So, before we get to tweets today, got to cover some more stuff. Kaepernick, that fucking piece of shit, participated in un-Thanksgiving Day at Alcatraz. The Chronicle, report, San Francisco Chronicle report that Kaepernick made the surprise appearance at the event that commemorates the ninth month occupation of prison by Native American activists from 69 to 71. Our fight is the same fight. We're all fighting for our justice, for our freedom, and realizing that we are all in this fight together makes us all that more powerful. Then April Ryan, you who know, I've come to disbelieve is an outright fucking racist. She just hates white people. She lost it. Over this, as Twitch told yesterday, CNN analyst and un-American, un-American, same difference, Urban Radio Network White House correspondent April Ryan kicked off Piegate by questioning whether Sarah Sanders actually served a pie. She tweeted about before Thanksgiving. In response to skeptical journo, Sanders pledged to make her one and serve at the White House briefing next week. Don't worry, April Ryan, because I'm nice. I'll bake one for you next week. Real pie, fake news. This is how Ryan responds. This is a major fucking reporter. Okay, I wanted to watch you bake and put on the table, but forgive if I won't eat it. Remember, you guys don't like the press. You can bring any pie you like, store-bought or homemade in the briefing room, but trust and believe, I will not be eating it. But I'll be raising my hand for answer relevant questions. Tweets the responded, pettiness, a case study. If you would have done that during Obama, that's all I have to say. Accuse the Obama administration of anything. You're a racist fucking piece of shit. But we didn't stop there. All left insanity. We should have let pilgrims freeze to death. A note on this article. Normal people might find some of this offensive. We hope, dear Lord. Welcome to one of the holidays liberal hate the most, Thanksgiving. When the alt-left isn't hating on Christopher Columbus, bashing Christmas, disrespecting veterans, or undermining the national anthem, they find time to target a national day when we give thanks. And when they hate, boy do they hate. This year's target, the Pilgrims. These kind of stories crop up every major holiday and are usually designed to generate web traffic by saying horrendous things. Think of them as click-hate, splinter, the root, deadspin, and their sinister publications are notorious for it. This week, their sister publication, Jezebel, scored the winner in a bizarre piece about pumpkin pie, no less. Here's the headline. Pumpkin pie, slice of heaven, or unadulterated trash? It's a lifetime lover pumpkin pie. I decided to see just how bad the story was. Turns out the story is debated between Jezebel's staff writer, Megan Reynolds, anti-pumpkin pie, and Gizmodo senior reporter, Anne Merlin, pro. But like any alt-left discussion, it quickly moves to hating America. Here's the actual quote. The only thing that should be ashamed of itself is Thanksgiving, a holiday-length ode to white supremacy and an undeserved celebration of a band of uptight zealot weirdos who should have been allowed to freeze to death. Yep, pilgrims equal uptight zealot weirdos who should have been left to die. Oh, and by the way, thanks for helping found the greatest nation in history. Yeah. The debate continued on with more lefty drivel, but seriously... Atlantic Magazine went straight to the source, gives liberal political tips on how to annoy Thanksgiving guests. Follow Thanksgiving anxieties, bad traffic, overcooked turkey, undercooked turkey, the aunt who tries to get creative with some gourmet cranberry relish when all you want is a familiar canned variety, damn it, increasingly intoxicating, querulous husband, and so on. No fear to seem to equal that of getting sucked into political conversation. This hasn't stopped some people from urging others to do it, mostly Barack Obama, who encouraged people to talk about health insurance at Thanksgiving 2013. No wonder Obamacare is so unpopular, which, by the way, the tax code just took away the mandate, so bye bye Obamacare. This year, however, here's my probably bad advice. Go ahead and argue with, about politics. Really, what changed your mind? Why? David? Is this Thanksgiving different than all the other Thanksgiving? There are two primary reasons to just dive in. First, President Trump's ability to grab the spotlight and inject himself in so many facets of light makes trying to avoid politics practically futile. It's Trump's fault you want to ruin Turkey Day. Besides, what else are you going to talk about? The weather? That's going to be a climate change debate in no time at all. And they go on to tell him to talk about taxes, everything, the rich, yada fucking yada. Then Politico... How Donald Trump ruined Thanksgiving. He ruined the eclipse, noted one observer. He ruined all my favorite TV shows, lamented another. He's been accused of destroying workplace morale, irony, bachelor in paradise, too. Whole article by Politico, supposed to be the premier political nonpartisan newspaper or digital paper. Well, I don't know what we call them anymore. Yeah, that's how they t- they handle it. So, th- there's your close loop, folks. I am sure I'll be reading in a few weeks how to destroy Christmas, that Christian holiday for those evil Christian people. Who the fuck are they to be giving people free shit? <laughs> But it doesn't stop there. Here are the top ten for our tweets of the day. Anti-Thanksgiving piece of shit progressives ruining Thanksgiving tweets. Number one, or I guess ten. George Taktaki, guy who's been accused of sexual harassment, but somehow it just went off the paper. You don't even hear about his case, because you know why? He's a Democrat. Here's his tweet. Ruin Thanksgiving in four words. Ready? Go. Drew Dyke, this is my annual Thanksgiving reminder. Don't ruin your family's gathering by discussing politics. Do it by bringing up religion. He was serious. Eight. Lauren Duca, you knew she was going to run her cock trap or vagina trap, because I think she's a lesbian. Try having the difficult conversation today. The only requirement for expressing an opinion is being fully informed. Fuck being sweet and silent. Or, you know, don't, and just try and enjoy a day and a meal with your family, somebody responded. Seven, Alyssa Milano, a reminder, even with Trump's gone, 56% of Native American women still experience sexual violence. Women of color are more often penalized, reporting domestic violence and economic vulnerability makes undocumented women more vulnerable to sexual predators. Hashtag me too, hashtag her too. Hashtag, you're a fucking bitch. Number six, Michael Ian Black, especially thankful today for my rugged good looks. You're a douche. Five, Camelia Harris, still trying to work something out with that I could be president because I'm black and a woman. I think that's her whole platform. Hashtag, thankful for the Affordable Care Act, which assured million Americans that appreciate additions of access to affordable care. Yeah, that's like the worst tweet ever in my mind. No, it doesn't. No, plenty of poor people can't even afford it. Patrick S. Tomlinson, this year I'm thankful to the million of brave women, LGBTQ immigrants and their allies who are, are about to ruin Thanksgiving dinner by calling out the bigotry and ignorance of their relatives while passing the stuffing. You're a douche. Number three, it's your civic duty to ruin Thanksgiving by bringing up Trump. That's from GQ. Yeah, because we're about to play at the end of this show. <clears throat> I guess Oberman's done, folks. His last evil fucking article about, or video, from his mom's it about how much he hates fucking Trump. Number two. Sorry, page freeze. Do you have a relative who's a Trump supporter? Be a good American and dump the cranberry sauce in their lap. Ruin their khakis. Happy Thanksgiving. Paul Britton. He's a reporter. And number
18: one, a partner
4: Or not chara, whatever. Thanksgiving game. Nobody gets pie until you go around the table and everyone has to say climate change is real. Giving thanks that none of these people were at our Thanksgiving dinner table ends the article. Fuck all of you. Fuck all of you. But our tweets, our tweet of the day, which turns into tweets because there's multiple. Ben Shapiro is a hero to millennial conservatives looking for an alternate alternative, excuse me, to Trump and Trumpism. This made Deborah Messing lose her fucking mind, and why I cancel my subscription to the New York Times, Ben Shapiro, as the tweet of the day, she canceled her subscription because she's an intolerant blowhard who must have her ignorant political opinions constantly reaffirmed truth. the day to our hate tweets right out the gate to mckesson that racist piece of shit well he's also stupid as fuck north korean fired a missile and this guy is president how do we let north koreans know that we don't support this guy either don't blow us up ben shapiro handles the work for me maybe you should stop pretending that kim is a rational actor driven only by trump Did these people, I know, because it was Obama. Obama's good, Trump, I got it. Okay, Katie Morgan, wow. She just, she's a filmmaker, for those that don't know, this is actually a tweet. Be well advised, world, if you have a penis, you probably deserve murdering. That's a tweet. You deserve murdering really really that's your answer there's been numerous of these by the way there's there's been a lot of these the left is really big on this then nbc news are you the first lady a boy asks as she embraced melania trump another one seriously she looks like an angel oh oh wow here it comes Wow, these comment- commenters must have had a really rotten Thanksgiving. Now they have to come abuse acts of friendship and caring online. I, for one, am proud of Christmas and proud of the White House for getting in the spirit. God bless, because this is where it went. This is gross. What an exploitation of these children. Somebody might want to tell them her husband is a racist towards blacks. I don't find this cute or heartwarming. It exploits an offensive, actually given this administration's policies. Do they know their husband is going to take away their health care? Does Trump know there are black children in the White House? They don't know they are embracing the devil. And her husband's the devil. These poor kids. The kids are like, man, this sucks. We're in the White House. We get this. Why can't we have Barack and Michelle? Lucifer was an angel, wasn't he? Go fuck yourself, Sarah Sanders, you debased redneck motherfucker! All in this! And for that, yeah, Samuel, take us away.
22: Come you college motherfuckers, think y'all run everything. Motherfucker,
19: motherfucker, 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 motherfucker,
22: motherfucker, motherfucker,
11: motherfucker, yeah. Motherfuck. Motherfucker. motherfucker motherfucker you owe me some money motherfucker Two
4: motherfuckers talking about motherfucker I eat everything. I eat the pussy I eat the butt, I eat every motherfucker thing. Motherfucker motherfucker I'll chew his ass up motherfucker Motherfucker, motherfucker. motherfucker. a motherfucker. Motherfucker. <formations> oh, motherfucker English motherfucker
10: motherfucker 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 Motherfucker
4: We're not going to store them motherfucker. motherfucker
5: I'm on the motherfucker
4: Motherfucker Motherfucker I'm a mushroom
10: cloud laying motherfucker Motherfucker Die motherfucker Yippie Kaye motherfucker
13: yippee motherfucker. yippee
18: motherfucker. yippee motherfucker.
10: HIPPOCRISY!
13: Or CNN, which is so bad and so pathetic and their ratings are going down.
18: No,
5: not you. Not you. you Your organization's terrible. Your organization's terrible. Let's go. They have been fake news for a long time. They've been covering me in a very, very dishonest way.
17: president's favorite targets over Twitter is CNN. He does it all the time, and it's frankly something that we've come to expect. It's what happens when you stand up for truth and put facts first.
19: Because the relentless pursuit of the truth and the outright rejection of any attack against it is something we still hold sacred, always will. So no matter how many insults or blatant assaults, blatant assaults on the press and its freedom, this pursuit is something for which we will never bend nor break. And even the loudest critics can't silence the facts.'
6: I less than a kilometer away firing at... This is a constant day down.
21: Mr. President, it is not our job here at CNN to represent the U.S. to their world. It is yours. Our job is to bring our viewers the facts, and we are unfaltering in our mission.
5: Mr. President, in case you're not absolutely sure, a journalist's job is to report the facts, not to tell you what you want to hear, not to support your agenda, not to be a cheerleader. A journalist's job is to dig deep and uncover the truth. For nearly four
19: decades, CNN has been a constant here in the United States and around the world. Our journalists sit in front of and behind the camera risk their lives in the most dangerous of places every day so you know the truth. Where disaster hits, where war erupts, we're there. Where dictators fall, where citizens rise, we're there. Where fists are raised, blood is shed, and where heroes are made, we're there because the relentless pursuit of the truth and the outright rejection of any attack against it is something we still hold sacred, always will. So no matter how many insults or blatant assaults, blatant assaults on the press and its freedom, this pursuit is something for which we will never bend nor break. And even the loudest critics can't silence the facts. CNN and CNN International are not sponsored by any state, uh, nor any autocrat, uh, nor any political organization. And despite the constant criticism uh, from the president, we are unwavering in our mission, free and independent, as the press should be. Uh, Let's bring in our CNN military and diplomatic analyst, uh, John Kirby, is a retired U.S. Navy Rear Admiral. What's your reaction when you hear the criticism leveled by the President of the United States on the news media.
23: I got to tell you, it angers me. And it has nothing to do with politics or partisanship. I stood at the podium at the Pentagon, I stood at the podium at the State Department, and I was in the Navy for 30 years. I can tell you that not only is CNN's reporting, CNN and, and CNI I reporting is uh, incredibly courageous and accurate and brings to life really important issues in very dangerous places as we saw in that compilation it also helps that coverage helps to drive as it should policy decisions when 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 autocrats like erdogan and al Sisi in egypt and putin here the president criticized cnn and i so specifically it just makes it that much easier for them to crack down on international free press reporting in their own country he's encouraging this and he's actually putting in my view he's putting some of these reporters lives literally in danger by doing it
8: Yeah, it's a
19: serious, serious-
23: But
8: let's focus on uh, what is actually very disturbing, and that is a president attacking the free press, attacking the free press that continues to actually speak truth to power, that actually continues to tell it straight, making mistakes. We all make mistakes from time to time. But let's say there's a CNN international reporter or an NBC News reporter that's in Turkey. And maybe they do something that the government doesn't like. Well, they've already got the message. You've got the president of the United States that says this is fake news, this is propaganda. Maybe we throw them in jail. Maybe we do worse. President of the United States isn't going to mind, whereas they would know. This president under Barack change. Obama or under George W. Bush, or
15: any other president, don't screw
8: uh, any any other president. <laughs> don't screw with the American journalists, because if you do, you're going to get a call from the American embassy in five minutes and things are going to go badly for you very quickly. That message hasn't been sent by an administration that doesn't even have ambassadors in these outposts and has now sent a message to tyrants from Turkey to Russia. Do what you want with our reporters because we don't like them, because they won't kiss our ass every day on the air and and, and spew propaganda 24 hours a a day and lie to their viewers about how we're doing.
15: Well, I'm I'm just hoping that somebody, uh, and I thought it would be the chief of staff, would get this president in check with his tweets before someone gets hurt. And I
8: am dead serious before Before someone gets hurt or worse.
4: Yeah, that was, I watched this live, my friends. CNN went on a war on Trump over this. Donald Trump, tweet, Fox News is much more important in the United States than CNN, but outside the U.S., CNN International is still a major source of fake news and they represent our nation to the world very poorly. The outside world does not see the truth from them. So all day, it's like they had this packaged and ready. They rolled out how he's going to get people killed, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Mojo was in there. Everybody was in there. It was like, oh, my God. CNN International CNN Communications tweeted, it's not CNN's job to represent the U.S. of the world. That's yours. Our job is to report the news. Hashtag facts first. Another one. CNN journalists have risked their lives in the most dangerous place around the world, so you know the truth. Joshua Johnson. Indeed, CNN and CNNI do excellent reports, but this video, a booming response to President Trump's insult, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Take a look and tell me what you think. How should journalists push back against the president, or should they push back at all? Amber Athy. It just shows how dishonest CNN is that they are pretending criticism for Trump and others is aimed at their brave, obviously, war journalist. That was a whole day. I saw it live. Because I have a new employee and they like CNN, which hurts me. So I just go back in my office and I just don't listen. But that's journalism in 2017, folks. That's journalism. A tweet makes you repackage your whole day with bullshit. Then there's this hypocrisy Bloomberg op-ed, IRS targeting scandal is fiction. Yeah, they try to prove that it was fiction. Then there's this one. Washington Post reporter makes unauthorized appearance at secret leftist confab. Brett Shearer of the Washington Free Beacon reports that Washington Post political reporter Janelle Ross... Participated, without our newspaper's knowledge, in a November 16th panel discussion at a secretive California meeting of the leftist Democracy Ally Alliance. Excuse me, Democracy Alliance. It was a lunch panel titled "Getting the Economic Narrative Right." Ross was the only reporter on the panel. The program explains progressive needs needed to Ross to help explain how to shape our narrative. Shape. Our narrative. Really. We have reporters shaping the narrative. Then, by the end of the week, CNN will boycott the White House Christmas party. In light of the president's continued attacks on freedom of the press of CNN, we do not feel it's appropriate to celebrate with them. CNN to boycott White House Christmas party under fire from Trump. The network says it would be inappropriate to celebrate it. Whole article on Politico. They support them doing this. Pretty sure CNN attended Obama's White House Christmas parties while his DOJ was bugging and wiretapping and jailing journalists on the left and right. Mike Beasley Nobody cares, man. Y'all partying hard with Obama. We know where you stand. You don't have to pretend it's about virtue signaling. Somebody on the far right, I, too, am boycotting the White House President's Party until we get a goddamn wall. (laughs) Hmm. FCC Chairman Ajat Pai Says in speech that Twitter is double standard in suspending and de-verifying accounts for conservatives. Dillian Byers lost it. Highly charged political statement from an FCC chairman. The entire world show how many fucking times Obama's FCC chairman went after Fox. So, you know, we can be a hypocrite. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. It's just beautiful. Uh, here's Katie Morgan again. I hate the rest of my family too. I'll close down every single public porn and access to me just so I can live as an atheist in peace. Be well advised world. If you have a penis, you probably deserve murdering. I hate white people. None in the media ran out that a liberal filmmaker said this shit. Hate to repeat it, but I had to. Morning Joe. Friday after Thanksgiving. Here's some hypocrisy. They recorded the show and then aired it and pretended it was a live show. It wasn't. Whole proof. It was never a live show. Now, I want you to put it in the context, and that's why it's our hypocrisy. If Fox and Friends did that, do you think it would make news? Yeah. You know you would. It would be there. It would be, Seth Myers would cover it. Yeah. Totally. Here's our media mash to close out the hypocrisy and go into our stats of the day. Mika Brzezinski, Trump's cool with the KKK. CBS, press not bashing Trump enough. That, that was actually a statement on Face the Nation. Rule, Stephanie type, turns to rather for fakes news rebuttal. And just come on. MSDNC guest, GOP domestic terrorist. Ruben, special place in hell for Conway. Kellyanne type. NBC, GOP won't take Dem input on taxes. After Obamacare, they actually broadcast. Are you fucking shitting me? Mitchell, condemns block zombie tax plan. What the fuck does that even mean? And then we'll close with Jenny McCarthy and Candace Cameron on what it was like to be a conservative on the view
21: all, all right uh, yeah, yeah, Casey. Casey, jump in. Real, just really quickly one thing that that democrats have going for them here is that they actually have a, a really good candidate who really fits their state and who is not, it's not a situation where it's a nationalized race where the, you know, the DSCC went in there and didn't understand, or it's a progressive that doesn't line up. He is somebody who can actually go into churches with uh, white voters. He can go into churches with African-American voters. He, you know, fought this uh, cold case uh, with a KKK uh, bombing. I mean, he is somebody who, you know, they, the Democrats lucked out, quite frankly. They weren't paying any attention to And the president did not
15: tell the truth about that. I think he said, he was soft on crime, maybe soft on on the kinds of crimes that the president, um, you know, whatever. I just the president seems to have a thing about
17: no, uh, he's, race, he's uh, an issue
15: with it. Cool um, work. So uh, this candidate is strong. You're right.
17: There's a lot of uh, things that get covered, but there's stuff that doesn't get covered in these periods. And I wondered if each of you have an idea, something that, that you've noticed that's been happening that, that deserves more attention that's out there.
9: Republican state legislators have managed to pass... Bans on abortion in some circumstances, in, in the just in the last six months since the last election, in five states, bans on abortion in certain circumstances. Eleven states, major restrictions on abortion. In three states, new restrictions on funding for Planned Parenthood.
6: Efforts at voter suppression are ongoing in the states. Efforts to sort of restrict access to the ballot. Um, and then on a federal level, it is simply the case of... of uh, President Trump's cabinet members, uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, has been remarkably successful at turning the Justice Department's mission away from its, tr- its charge of defending the civil rights of Americans. And I, I think that's going completely under the radar.
0: He tweeted this just moments ago, quote, we should have a contest as to which of the networks plus CNN and not including Fox is the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted in its political coverage of your favorite president, me. They're all bad. Winner to receive the fake news trophy. Wait, if the winner receives the fake news trophy, does that mean that the president is currently holding it? Joining me now is veteran American journalist and icon, president of News and Guts Media, Dan Rather, also the author of the book, What Unites Us.
18: We hope that when someone's elected president, They see themselves as president of all Americans, of every American. And each time President Trump does one of these things, frankly, uh, I think over the long haul, over the arc of history, which is what I'm trying to deal with in the book, what unites us, he isn't going to look good for this. But our job is to set that aside as far as it's humanly possible and just do our job to try to do quality journalism of integrity. If we keep doing that, We as individual journalists and journalism as a whole is going to be okay. Look, we make mistakes. I certainly have made my fear. Journalism is not an exact science. It's a kind of crude art. Nobody can do it perfectly. And the idea of a free press is not that the press has to be right all the time, but it has to be free. And again, I I come back to, I think most Americans understand that a free and independent, fiercely independent press, fiercely independent when necessary,
21: and for not, I'll start with you first. We yeah. know that Florida um, has a, uh, a, a large abundance of people who are on CHIP. Uh, in a state like that, can the members of Congress from Florida afford not to push to renew CHIP, and why haven't they pushed for it?
16: it? It's an excellent question, Joel. You know, Florida and many other states would be decimated, Florida's children, other children. And I think it leads to the question is it any surprise that the party that is pro pay for play? Pro Putin and now with Roy Moore pro pedophilia, the fact that they're anti children, is that any surprise? I don't think it is. And I think, Joy, this is emblematic this chip scenario where you mentioned 9 million children, children without health insurance. I think if you take a step back, one has to ask themselves, and I think the American people should ask themselves the broader question what has the Republican Party in the last 10 years done to help the American people? What have they done? This is not a political party. This is a domestic terror group. And what I think the American people should consider when they ask themselves that question with a party that has done nothing to help the American people is to vote them out and consider possibly afterwards locking them up. Joy,
21: I'm going to go to Kate on that. I'm sure Kate has thoughts on that. Uh, Kate, I know you're not a fan of the Affordable Care Act, but can the party really, you know, get away with the idea of not renewing this program? It's nine million kids.
20: I would predict to you that the party or the politicians will find a way to to make this palatable and affordable, and and they already have addressed it in the House. It's it's pretty tough to leave nine million children behind, and that won't happen. At the end of the day, we're still talking about the Affordable Care Act. I understand why Donald Trump is taking zero ownership of it. Uh, that that's good politics, and 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 from his standpoint, that's where he'll stay. So I, I would predict to you that, that uh, uh, children matter no matter what side of the aisle you're on. You can make it as political as you care to. Uh, for eight years we had President Obama. We've now got President Trump. It, it cuts across all lines. That program will stay safe, and it will be in the end of the day being funded. Now, where they'll find the money to replace that, that's a whole nother question. Because as we know, uh, the collapse. Uh, of the rates and the increases in the Affordable Care Act are now coming home in 2017 and the jury's still out on who owns health care
21: well I mean we know that the
1: individual market uh... Doug Jones in Alabama folks don't be fooled he'll be a vote against tax cuts he's weak on crime, weak on borders he's strong on raising your taxes he's terrible for property owners And Doug Jones is a doctrinaire
0: liberal which is why he's not saying anything and why the media are trying to
20: boost him. So vote Roy Moore
0: I'm telling you that we want the votes in, in, the, in the Senate
21: to get this tax, this tax bill through. So, yes, vote, vote Roy Moore. I mean, and Jennifer, and the idea that the guy who prosecuted two of the Klansmen who blew up the 16th Street Baptist Church and killed four little kids uh, in the 1960s is weak on crime. It's pretty breathtaking.
9: Well, to quote Ivanka Trump, who I never quote, there's a special place in hell for mothers who defend accused child molesters, and that would be Kellyanne Conway. Um, I have no words to describe how... Really atrocious! How despicable this is! I do want to differ with Kurt in that he sees this noxious branch of the Republican Party as a segment. Unfortunately, I think that is the Republican Party. You can't kind of pass them off as some fringe group when it's the President of the United States, everybody in the White House, the head of the RNC, the Vice President of the United States. We go down the line, and let's face it: the party has already embrace someone who has been serially accused of sexual assault, that's the president. That's Paul Ryan. That's Mitch McConnell. That's everybody. So listen, to make this distinction that somehow there are good Republicans on this issue and bad Republicans, this is the horror of Donald Trump, which he has infested and deformed an entire national political party. And I think they're rotten to the core now, the whole lot of them.
21: Yeah, Kurt, I mean, isn't that the case? I mean, the, the, the Bannon, uh, Bannon wing Owns the party now. They've taken over ideologically. Paul Ryan runs behind the president, you know, at, like a fan. He, run, he They're they're all in lockstep. How can you make a distinction?
16: Well, and, and again, I I don't disagree with that, Jennifer, at all. I mean, I, I no no one has been more vocal about the the rotting core that Steve Bannon and Donald Trump have perpetrated amongst the Republican Party than I have. It's it's why I barely consider myself a Republican at this point, and, and spend almost Come every week out speaking part, out against you like them. like the
9: weather out here. <laughs> <laughs> the tax bill would cut the corporate
12: tax rate to twenty percent reduce marginal rates for individuals, expand the child tax credit, and double the standard deduction, but eliminate other popular tax breaks, like the deduction for student loans. Not a single Democrat saying they'll vote for the bill.
14: This tax bill is one of the most unfair and disastrous pieces of legislation ever brought forth in the modern history of this
23: country.
12: But Republicans under intense pressure to prove they're capable of governing.
23: So there's no chance you don't get this done? Uh, no. Uh, failure's not an option. We need a tax cut. Good
12: morning. A breakthrough moment? John McCain announcing he'd vote yes. Last-minute Republican negotiations are focused on how to make sure the bill won't cost billions more than expected. But those talks don't include any Democrats.
6: If Congress also kills the individual mandate which requires all Americans to have insurance, nonpartisan experts predict everyone's insurance premiums will jump at least 10 percent. All of that on top of killing a host of deductions that millions of Americans take for state and local taxes, mortgage interest, alimony, student loans, even school supplies teachers buy.
0: Bottom line, this plan cuts taxes for the rich, cuts taxes for corporations who are already seeing record profits. But the heartland of America, many who voted for President Trump, they could get hit hard. Do
1: Democrats you, see any way to stop this bill from passing, given the fact that Republicans are in the majority, narrow majorities in the Senate, but now that they've got McCain, it looks as though an, enough compromises have been made to bring people on board there.
17: Well, you know around here, it's not over till it's over.
1: There's big impact on uh, homeowners, on college students, on... on number of sectors and certainly high-tax states with the state and local taxes so will, will republicans actually see a price for this
17: I do think voters are going to hold uh, republicans accountable for this because it has been a a con job
20: you know corporate executives say it won't create jobs they won't hire because of it uh, you know economists say it will not create long-term economic growth it will explode the deficit uh, it's going to be the greatest transfer of wealth In recent years, from the middle class to the wealthy and corporations, everything is screaming this is a bad idea uh, on the facts, but they want to do something. And it it has all the appearances to me, Andrea, of like a zombie party that doesn't know who it is anymore, but knows it has to do something like cut taxes. And they're kind of stumped. Jenny McCarthy (laughs) show.
24: When I was on The View. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the experience I have, I mean, you're the one I wanted to talk to on the phone and go, oh my God, this is, the show was really something that I thought was going to be, it's like dating someone. I thought it was going to be somebody and it turned out not to be. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that so people can understand? Because I, I can't explain it probably as well as you can. You're the only one that was in that same position.
25: <laughs> Jenny, um, <laughs> Here's here's the thing. I think I had a, quite a bit of a heads up from from you, from Elizabeth. I mean, you guys all called me before, and I talked to you all before going on that show. So I kind of knew that maybe what I was signing up for and was thinking wouldn't be exactly what it was would be. So I was prepared. I think for for me, I don't know how it like slipped by, but it was like, well, we're getting steering a little bit away from politics. Like we're trying to do more social talk, talking. So I thought, great, because that's way more up my alley than politics. And then, but it was election year. So like, oh. how do you get away from that? Uh, I didn't think that one through. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's hard and there's a lot of personalities and it's not just the people you see in front of the camera. There's a lot of personalities behind the show, um, as well. And, and it's just a, it's a tough and ongoing job. And, Unless you're in it, it's hard for someone else to completely relate to what you're going through.
24: It's so true. But do you feel like you got a lot of the support from people in general while you were on that show?
25: I did, actually. I I found my supportive team within the show, the people that were working on it, and they were wonderful. And then I... Really prepared myself outside of the show of having a group of people I knew would be there for me and count on that I could call. Sherry Shepard told me that actually. Um, She was like, Have your go tos that you know, even with that time difference, you could call if you get stuck or you don't know how to word your point of view that could just maybe help you a little bit. So I had a very supportive team. Uh, whether I emailed or could call if I needed help at the last minute, and it was my lifeline.
24: Well, I think you were very articulate, and you always did a really good job riding those rough waters. Thank
25: you. Really, Thanks. I was.
24: I was. I would be watching you biting every nail off, and dripping in sweat, <laughs> going, uh,
25: "Leave her alone! Leave I her alone!" I just didn't like. I didn't like the rebuttal. I didn't. Meaning, I didn't like to have to argue back. Because I just wanted to share my point of view and then listen to yours and listen to yours and listen to yours. And they were like, no, but you got to keep getting in. You got to right. keep, if someone doesn't agree with you, you got to go back. And I was like, but I don't, I don't like to argue. I just want to share. <laughs> I want to share, present my opinion and then leave it alone and take it for what, it, what it's worth. To throw it out, take it or whatever. But I don't want to argue with you. That wasn't exactly. my style. So you that part neither. was difficult for me.
24: A hundred percent. And I got that. And I could tell, cause I'm like, when I was there, I go, I, I don't like to argue. I'm not confrontational. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you have to fight. I'm like, but I'm not a fighter. I'd rather listen mm-hmm. and really listen to someone else's point of view yep. and hear them. L- 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 please hear mine, which I've yep. never really got the opportunity. And then that's it. But the, yeah. that they wanted a fight and that they would also kind of you know, they would sting you before you go on air, you know, to, it's almost like getting ready for a gladiator fight. And I'm like, this is not how I want to start my mornings.
25: It's not. And so I just when- prayed a lot in front of people. So they all just knew like Candace isn't around. They couldn't like poke and prod enough. Cause I was like, I'm sending Jesus in all the angels are around me. You can't even touch me.
24: I love you so much. It means, um, Sherry Shepard. We have bruises on our knees from kicking each other under the table. <laughs>
8: Jenny McCarthy Show. Oh!
4: To our stats of the day, Congressman Al Green, today on the floor of the Congress of the United States of America, will call for impeachment of the president between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. Yeah, they're still trying out there. Baltimore sees his 319th killing of 2017, eclipsing last year's homicide total. Thank you, Ferguson Effect. And to Black Friday, madness continues. Thousands wait overnight and the freezing cold to stay. Cut price TVs and retailers website crash under a huge surge of traffic as 20 billion weekend blowout rage. One person was shot outside a Missouri mall on Black Friday. In Hoover, Alabama, two women sparked a mass brawl which forced the closure of the River Chase Galleria. Macy's computers crashed so they couldn't run credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. The left is losing their mind over the tax plan. The Senate tax bill will cause 3,100 more alcoholic related deaths over the next two years. That was Vox's take. They couldn't just go with, it's gonna help, you know, rich people. It's gonna kill the poor. They're saying because of the retail cut on taxes, uh, more people buy alcohol? Really? Really? Are you fucking serious? But our biggest stat of the day, this is the New York Times editorial board. I didn't want to put this in hypocrisy because it's just a statistical fact. The media is out of control in the age of Trump. It's just really bad. This is their Twitter account, New York Times opinion. This morning, the Times editorial board is tweeting here to urge the Senate to reject a tax bill that hurts the middle class and the nation's fiscal health. Senator Susan Collins of Maine has correctly noted that any temporary tax cut for the middle class would be more than offset by the higher cost of health insurance, a good reason for her to vote against the bill. Then they went directly to Senators Flake, McCain, Collins, Murkowski, Corker, Langford, and Morin, Any temporary tax cuts for the middle class would be more than offset by the higher cost of health insurance. A good reason to vote against the taxes. Twitter asked, I get the difference between opinion and editorial, but it's still quite jarring to see the New York Times account tweeting like a Democratic Party organization. Sean Donan, pretty remarkable move by the NYT editorial board to go into all out campaign mode. Vicky Baja, it is a job of the editorial writers and editorial boards to advocate for policies we agree with and against the proposals we don't. That's why we're doing it today. Somebody addressed it. Not. 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 That's not a job of an editorial writer, but good to know you're admitting you're simply damn activist acting as propaganda arm of the DNC. Others, New York Times crossed the Rubicon today. It finally openly does with those to the right of center have known all along, advocate for lefty policies. And the last tweet that I found in thousands, it just wasn't conservatives. There's no, we're not biased BS anymore. That is unfucking believable. Unbelievable. They were tweeting. Like they were the D-triple-C. All day Friday. And the only Republican that bit was Corker. Who's now a lefty. Yeah. Unbelievable. So that's our fact. Not really a stat. In a free press, that never should happen. So to a music break Mannheim Steamrollers Silent Night one of the beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard we're going to do a couple quick articles and then go into news and social media nuggets
2: Tick, 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 slipping, tick, tick, tick,
25: Poking at the media bubble,
0: one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reid.
12: Hi there, welcome back. The Miss Minnesota USA pageant is making history this weekend in Burnsville. For the first time, a young woman with Down syndrome is competing for a Miss USA state pageant. Brett Hofflin spoke with her and explains how she's getting some advice from someone who was in a similar position a year ago.
1: All right, are you ready?
22: It's time to take the stage. pressure's on. I'm just kidding. Hard work and preparation paying off.
2: Excellent.
22: Great big smile.
2: Don't forget to smile.
22: But it's about more than finding a winner.
2: What makes someone beautiful?
22: Meet Michaela Holmgren. She was born with Down syndrome. You've done a few of these so far. You're becoming uh, really used to these. You're really good at them. But that hasn't stopped her from competing in pageants.
20: I'm really good at them because it's my passion I <laughs> now.
22: She's especially jazzed about making history this weekend.
20: They're like, ah, I'm really, really excited. Hi.
22: To help guide her, oh my gosh, nice to meet you. I'm Halima. Is Halima Aden. A year ago, she became the first Somali American woman to compete in a pageant wearing a hijab and burkini. So it's been a year since we last spoke. What has life been like? Oh my gosh, insane in the best way possible. Now on magazine covers, signing with a modeling agency and doing ads with American Eagle and Nike, Aiden stressed it all started here at the AIM Center. It's not just a pageant to me, it's my entire new world. She didn't win, but a semi-finalist trophy last year opened up doors for her and other young women. Just a year ago, I could hardly find a, a magazine with a picture of someone dressed like me. So for me to be on the cover, it's just, it's um, it's incredible.
20: So go stand right there at that chair. How
22: did it go so far? Good. Side by side, these two women are an inspiration. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Ready or not, the spotlight is here. But Michaela sure is ready to let her beauty shine.
0: Look out! It's really fun, and I I'm doing more pageants, and I'm. I promise all my parents are right crying. <laughs> Michaela Houghland, this is my dream.
22: In Burnsville, Brett Hoffland, Five Eyewitness News. Well, I know we all wish Michaela luck. Brett tells us the finals start tomorrow
12: afternoon at four o'clock.
4: I play that because I really am on this kick lately, as you all know. That I've finally, for the first time in my fifty years, become pro-life. The more I study, the more I research the in conceivable amount of abortions conducted in our world yearly by the very same people who say they're there for reproductive rights, but seem not to hand out birth control a whole lot to people. Remember, in truly liberal societies, people with Down syndrome are killed. If progressives in our country had it that way, that's what doctors would do. If a baby had any type of disabilities they would be put down, just like a dog, like they're not human. And I preface it for this article, because I think this had significant ramifications within our country, Jane Doe, the fact that we allowed a non-citizen to get an abortion in our country, and that people proffered that it, it was a constitutional right, which is unbelievable because you only have constitutional rights if you're part of the, you know, if you're a citizen of the United States was epic. So, um, the Federalist had this article. Supreme Court shows, throws shade on ACLU's illegal immigration abortion shenanigans. A recent development challenges the ACLU's narrative that the Justice Department acted improvidently in filing a petition about a foreign minor who demanded a U.S. abortion. And the article goes, when the U.S. Department of Justice filed a petition with the Supreme Court on November 3rd seeking to vacate the D.C. Circuit decision that a minor illegal alien, Jane Doe, had a constitutional right to an abortion, there were two responses, the pro-life perspective and the abortion rights counter. Pro-life conservatives, myself included, condemned Doe's American Civil Liberties Union attorney for misleading the government by timing... The procedure with the spiriting dough away at early, a day early at 4 a.m. to obtain an abortion. The ACLU reacted with a smug satisfaction portraying a government attorney as inept in the filing a mere attempt to scapegoat the ACLU and placate pro lifers. The ACLU's press release charged that under criticism from the anti-choice activists, anti-choice. See how they twist it? This is the ACLU. That's why I say they're a liberal group. For failing to file a timely appeal to the Supreme Court, the Trump administration has taken the extraordinary steps of seeking to vacate a lawyer court ruling protecting reproductive rights. After failing to file a timely appeal, the administration now seeks to blame the ACLU for the administration's failure to prevent a young, unaccompanied immigrant minor from obtaining an abortion. Georgetown law professor Marnie Letterman quickly assumed leadership of the ACL smear campaign, authoring a rambling 800,000, or excuse me, 8,000 word blog post attacking the DOJ. Letterman, a former deputy assistant attorney general in the Obama administration, assailed the DOJ, the DOJ's petition, and everybody in general. Writing it, in a singularly remarkable document, I've never seen anything like it, especially not emanating from the office of the Solicitor General. In many respects, this filing department sometimes dramatically from the justly lauded traditional standards and practice of that office. Indeed, it is difficult to avoid the conclusion that it is fundamentally a press release for an audience other than Justice of the Supreme Court himself. Letterman's blog post contain numerous flaws in itself internally inconsistent and details at length here and here. Yet the National Law Journal parroted Letterman's unfounded charge writing the US Justice Department request that the Supreme Court consider sanctions against a lawyer or advocated for an immigrant teenager at the center of an abortion case has raised questions about the government's motivation and threatened to jeopardize the reputation of the solicitor office before the justices. A recent development, however, challenges the narrative that the DOJ acted politically and improvidently in filing a petition to vacate the DC circuit opinion in Jane Doe case. Two weeks after the government filed this petition and more than one week after Lederman's hit piece, the clerk of the Supreme Court wrote to the ACLU informing the lead attorney that the court has directed this office to request that a response to the petitioner's motion to lodge non-record material under seal be filed in this case. The Supreme Court gave the ACLU until December 18th to respond even though the government motion was initially set to be discussed by the justices at their December 1st, 2017 conference. There would be no reason for the Supreme Court to request the ACLU respond to the DOJ motion or to delay decision on the motion beyond the previously scheduled December 1st conference absent a concern over the ACLU's conduct or some interest in the substance of the government's petition for review. Rather, the justices' interest in the government's motion to file documents detailing communication between the government council and ASCLU council, both before and after the abortion took place, hints at an interest in the merit of the DOJ appeal. It also suggests interest that the ACLU changed the date of Doe's abortion after agreeing but failing to inform the government of the timing of the procedure and after learning that the government intended to seek an emergency stay to appeal the constitutional question. While the Supreme Court may eventually reject the DOJ's petition to vacate the D.C. court's holding that unaccompanied minors not legally admitted to the United States have a constitutional right to an abortion, there are two strong reasons supporting Vecutor Legal jargon that simply means deleting an opinion and rendering it non-existent. First, under the Supreme Court precedent, vacutur is an appropriate equitable remedy when a party is unable to obtain review of the adverse judgment because of the opposing party's conduct. The fact that the government laid out provided, pr- pr- laid out provide solid grounds to justify vacatur given the ACO's duplicity and the government's stated intent to seek a stay, vacatur is also appropriate for a second, potentially stronger reason. The D.C. Circuit en banc opinion decided to import an issue of constitutional law on an expedited basis, with the government forced to brief the issue literally overnight and without the benefit of a oral argument. The full D.C. Circuit haste is deciding the appeal in a mere two days also likely partly stems from the ACLU's earlier misrepresentation to the appellate court about the lack of available abortion doctors. Had the ACLU frankly informed the court of its ability to arrange overnight for a quick early morning abortion, the court would have had more time to fully consider and reflect on the legal argument presented without risking, as the ACL put it, pushing Jane Doe's appointment on until the following week. Under these circumstances, and given the ACLU's complicity in the D.C. court's rash decision, vacatur seems the most appropriate remedy. Whether the Supreme Court agrees won't be known for some time, but by requesting the ACLU's respond to the government motion, it seems clear the DOG petition presents questions serious enough to garner the Supreme Court's attention. Now, very lengthy bullshit, yada, fucking yada, yada, legal jargon. It's very important what was in that article. First and foremost, this case has set precedence that illegal immigrants have the rights you and I do. That's what they're trying to say, even though they're not a citizen of the United States. Secondly, it set precedents that minors, without their parental consent, regardless of where they come in the world, regardless of the rules in said country for where they come from, have the right to an abortion. Thirdly, it shows the lie that the left has been trying to push to propagate the federal funding of Planned Parenthood that there are no abortion doctors in America. There's nowhere, there's no place to get, it. even though we do, you know... Planned Parenthood did a million ninety-six last year, including fucking chemical abortions. Somehow, we have a shortage of abortion doctors. We just can't get it done. Just can't get it done, even though we lead the world in abortions. And lastly, it's the important thing that they played dirty pool just to get the abortion, because they knew they weren't on legal standing. There is no constitutional amendment that says illegal immigrants have the right to get a fucking abortion. They knew they couldn't win on the merits. They knew the DOJ was going to be able to block them. So they moved the abortion earlier and just got it done. None of that came out in the media. Understand, none of this. You didn't know they did that. They just showed you, yay for women's rights. Yay for women's rights. Our forefathers never in a million years thought freedom for killing babies. They didn't write that in the Constitution, my friends, or the Bill of Rights. It just wasn't there. So it's an important case. And I hope the DOJ wins on the merits. What the ACLU just did, once again, is setting dangerous precedents that just might not just be abortion. For those that just love killing babies out there, well, great, you get your dead baby. But it's everything now. It's precedence. An illegal minor gets all the rights afforded in the United States Constitution. Oh, really? That's the route we want to go. My second little thing, and I wanted to separate it, has nothing to do with abortion, But Joy Reid is just on a fucking screed lately. I mean, she is out of control. But I think it's a great out of control because, once again, it shows the true colors of the left. What do I mean by that? Here's the article. The latest recipient of Joyless Joy Reed's seething contempt is rural America. You see, in her view, it has disproportionate power over the urban majority, and it's a hotbed of fascists, bigots who have, being, who have been duped by Donald Trump. Reid delivered her opening salvo on Saturday. This is the core threat to our democracy, the rural minority, the people J.Y. Sexton just wrote a long thread about, have and will continue to have disproportionate power over the urban majority. Let that sit for a second. The urban majority. As is the case with leftists who are still sore over 2016... Reed still doesn't understand or will not accept and certainly doesn't appreciate the Constitution set up a nation of significant autonomous states. The founders understood the need for lawmaking body in which more populous states would have appropriately larger voice, which is why we have the People's House. But they also understood the need to ensure that those in larger states wouldn't run roughshod over the interests of the smaller ones, which is why they created the United States Senate. We should also recall that senators were originally appointed by the state legislature, so the founders clearly intended that each state would have equal standing in the Senate to represent the legislature's interest. It gets very tiresome to make this point, but if, but make it we must. If electoral votes in the presidential election in 2016 had been based solely on House representation while ignoring each state's two Senate seats, Donald Trump would have won by virtual identical electoral vote margin. And they break it down. He still would have won. The tired whine that small rural states of outsized conservative influence ignores the facts looking at state with just one or two House members, that conservatives and largely rural Alaska, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming, seven House members combined, are offset by liberal and nowhere near as rural Delaware, D.C., Hawaii, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Also seven members. While Maine and New Hampshire have recently tended to be toss-ups. There is no outsized influence of small conservative rural states in Electoral College or in the United States Senate. If Reid wants to complain about Hillary Clinton's popular vote margin as a basis for disproportionate rural power, she either doesn't understand or doesn't honor the nation's constitutional framework. Before we get to Reid's subsequent bigotry, let's also make another point, which is that, as I noted some time ago, in another context, she and her network make their living largely on the backs of rural and conservative cable subscribers who never watch msdnc shows never the associated press noted the financial health of cnn and msdnc is largely due to long-term deals with cable and satellite operators to carry them made when the network sold itself as a counterbalance to fox news the advertising is not as important as the carriage deals carriage deals That's how they make their money. We pay for it, even though we don't even watch it. Because of the long-term nature of the carriage deals, Fox didn't catch up to its rivals in revenue until 2008, even though its audience already dwarfed theirs. Thus, a huge portion of cable channel revenue is guaranteed regardless of audience size. Carriage fees explain why. They have served to insulate the networks from their folly, essentially forcing non-viewing cable customers to subsidize them. CNM and MSDNC clearly subsidized status may at least partially explain why resistance to a la, la, la carte cable service is so fierce. If given a choice, most consumers would decide not to pay for their content. If rural voters had such extraordinary influence, they wouldn't be forced by cable packages to subsidize people who hold them in utter contempt, like Joyless Reed. Reed has been inspired by an unhinged fever swamp resident named Yared Yates Sexton, who claims to have grown up an Indiana family and community surrounded by fascist bigots and Hitler wasn't all that bad sympathizers. And two insufferable series of tweets He projected that hard-to-believe experience onto all of rural America, insisting that Donald Trump is empowering these people. He claims to have heard all sorts of ugly and threatening sentiments at Trump rallies, yet those rallies were somehow not violent, and the extremely rare cases where violent occurred, it was because of Democratic Party-funded baiting, and the victims were typically ambushed trump supporters most people will recognize sexton's crap for the nonsense that it is for a more measured perspective readers should read the columns of zelina zito as well as her book and ask themselves how she has in several years of interviews and research been virtually unable to find the sentiments sexton claims are pervasive but not read as seen in these tuesday tweets they're laughing at you mega's They literally went to Washington and personally enriched themselves while dismantling every part of government that helps you, and Trump gets you to wave your pitchforks and back at them while they rob you. Another one, and you all just swear you're owning the libs. You're going to wind up with no health care, less money, foul air and water, nothing but the satisfaction of having horrified the entire world as payback for Obama. Die laughing. You say that like they don't want it all to burn. Joy Reid. I know they do. And they will happily burn what is just to watch the libtarts melt in the flames. When a world, what a world. It's why Raza Aslan calls Trumpism a doomsday cult. The profane cannibalism participating Raza Aslan is per- person Reed cited as the expert identifying Trumpism as doomsday cult. Aslan was fired by CNN in June after a series of current and past profane remarks online, some directed at Trump, came back to haunt him. We'll seek our expertise elsewhere, Miss Reed. Here are three exit questions for Joy Reed. Who grew the crops which became the food in your supermarkets where you shop? Who produced the oil and gas which keep you warm day and night? Where's your gratitude? I cover this because this is the underlying current in our media right now. Understand, if you live in a flyover state like I do, they have utter contempt for you. They hate you. They believe you're a low-skilled, blue-collar worker with no education, and you're not worthy to have a vote. If they had it their way, they would choose the time and place for you to take a dump, eat, and go full socialist. That's progressivism at its core. Eight years of Obama should have taught you. They're smarter than you. They know everything. You're not wise enough to make your own decisions. We'll force this on you, even though you don't want it, because we know better, and you'll just pay for it. Shut the fuck up. But it shows how petty they have become. The reality is, the Electoral College... Worked for Democrats more than it didn't. It worked for Democrats. It's worked for what? 200 fucking years? How many years? I don't even know. 1776. It's been a fucking long time. 200 some odd years. Yeah. I can't count. That's not my strong point. But the fact, the point, the, the, the point is they set it up so that New York Washington, D.C., Boston, L.A., Seattle, all these liberal icons wouldn't be the people that ran the fucking country. And the whole thing is set on population. That's why everybody freaks out about the census. That's why Democrats want to own the census. That's your representation. That's how many people you get in the House and Senate. So these Democratic bastions already have more representation than Iowa does. Barack Hussein Obama won the popular vote. Yes, that's because he won California, New York, Washington, Oregon. More population. But his electoral wins were based on no different than what Trump did conclaves of liberals that's how he wins that's why he pandered to gays transgenders people with one leg of dominican african-american fucking peruvian descent that's why his website didn't have a link for white dudes i could have got in under veterans but that was it that's how they've always won That's how they win. Electorally. So Trump did the same fucking thing, which is my point. The reason why they fucking hate Trump so much is he turned the game on them. He put together an electoral win based on little states here, there, and a little bit everywhere. Didn't win all the big ones and knew he wasn't going to win the fucking popular vote because a Republican hasn't won the popular vote lately. When you allow one million illegal immigrants to have ID cards in California, of course they're going to fucking vote. No investigative reporting on that at all, if you notice. But their hate and contempt of their American brethren is disgusting. I hate Antifa. I hate the media because they're so fucking biased. I don't hate liberals. I just don't agree with you. And I still live by the American credo. You do you, I do me. I may not agree with you. I may not think that the coolest thing to do is not to procreate, abort babies, be gay, or change your fucking sex so you can never have fucking procreation. I may not agree with that, but I don't hate you for that. Go do it. Just don't make me pay for it. But this series of tweets by her sums up why I do a podcast. That's why I call it Flyover Politic. They hate us because they don't know us. They don't come out. Chuck Todd, who said we do not know the rural voter, didn't come out to learn the rural voter. He stayed his fucking ass and 30 Rock doing his show, condescending down. And you can guarantee, as sure as shit, next year as we go to the midterms, you're going to hear a lot of uneducated voters White, educated voters. The article sums it up. The blue states wouldn't have gas. The blue states wouldn't have food. The blue states wouldn't have TV networks if we weren't subsidizing it. I'll tell you, sure as shit, I watch fucking direct TV's What's Hot, MSDNC, NBC, CNN, CBS, ABC News, none of those hit, folks. None of them, and I go central, the central area, they never hit hot. Nobody's watching them, but we're paying your salary, Joe Reed, so shut your fucking cock trap. All right, last thing, we're going to do social media nugget. Here is the last one. I'm going to play it entirely, because this is a victory for any sane American. This is the very last. This is the resistance. With Keith Oberman, a music break, and news,
14: social, media nuggets. I'm Keith Oberman, and this is The Resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first there are seven roots in front. Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel, John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it all necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would, a pardon from Trump, or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power, and either of these near-certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly, and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice, from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon. If Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough and he resigns, or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome, that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, The Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms, and then, boastfully, run for re-election on having removed him. The fifth endgame is the same thing, only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment, and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit, and getting their majorities to agree. Unfits, And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell will do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday. And y- you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House, and need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct has not won. One snowball, but a decade's worth of them have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims. It seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't set to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosures and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend. But it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood put-grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing again recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next, from a woman here or from Russia. So, I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid a few. He might avoid the of them. He's not going to dance his way out from under seven. And we, I think, should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27th, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it. And we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out... Virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped, and the ballgame was over, even though it would last another 13 months. Well, this ball game is also over, and I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. And so this series is over. This was intended as something temporary, a two-month project by somebody who had given up politics, and instead it became 187 commentaries and around 225,000 words and something approaching 400 million views. And I am proud of it. And I repudiate none of it. And it has been my privilege to do it. And I'm especially proud to have done these for free and for charity. But frankly, I have not enjoyed one minute of it. As I'm certain, it has also been for you, for me. It has been unadulterated pain and revulsion and horror. The process has become nearly 24-7. And I've said so much that I can and have recycled old common from months ago, and they have been fully applicable to breaking news. We've come full circle to such a complete degree that on Sunday, Trump tweeted a complaint about, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. The title of the 46th episode of the resistance from last March 14th was, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. I've made my point. So now that I think the outcomes, the seven different inevitable outcomes, are unavoidable, I'd like to go back and enjoy some of my life again, and I'm going to. No illness, no scandal, no firing, just I've said what I've had to say. It was as obvious as I made it seem. I give my work everything I can, so it's not like I can dial it back. And I think even this dim-witted world of American political reporting, which is still calculating how to get Trump's idiot supporters to watch their networks and still waiting for Trump to even it can carry this the rest way. So I am retiring from political commentary in all media venues. This is not to say a bed of roses and reconciliation awaits us. The post Trump will be relieved of his prodigious evil, but in its place, it will have Trump as living martyr. That prodigious evil and rank hypocrisy and ...and morality of his supporters, perhaps a third of us, will not vanish with him, and I'm not sure that the democracy has not been damaged too much to deal with their lawless, unprincipled rebellion, and I do not see this country's politics truly healing in the next 30 or 40 years. But at least the bleeding will be staunched, and we will have a chance to alter a phrase I heard somewhere, to make America, America again. Thank you for all the kind words and all the support. Have fun storming the castle. My work here is done. Matter of fact, so is Trump's. Resist,
2: remove, peace.
0: Poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time.
26: Here's Tony Reid. Come fly with me. Let's fly.
19: Let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away.
20: Stop. Stop.
0: Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind.
13: Game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct, and it's not just politics. It's everything. It's what you eat. It's what you wear. And it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, we
25: have right
9: see these
13: girls. Yeah. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls, and no they'll pop your figs.
21: Save the whales. Daddy's in the military now. No,
26: no, no, dig
4: this. All right, military corner without a butt. Bumper. War dogs on death row. Veteran dogs will save thousands of lives while on duty in Afghanistan. Both face being put down because top brass claimed they can't be rehomed. Very sad. Two Army dogs that did a lot of missions. They won't let them be homed with their handlers. I have already written a letter. VA failed to report 90% of poor performing doctors. A watchdog group shows. Doesn't surprise me. It's official. Army beard dreams cut short for soldiers. Who actually thought that was going to fucking happen? I mean, were you smoking crack? They're always going to go back to the same lame chemical warfare. Your mask won't be able to seal. I have a CPAP. I have a beard. It seals. Shut up. 17 essential pieces of gear for your war on Christmas. A Mossberg shotgun in a tube. A diehard sweatshirt for fun and intimidating your family members. A chainsaw bayonet, a squatty potty for people in Afghanistan, that probably help you a little bit. A personal keg, an insanely durable fast, flask, a smokable multi-tool that actually has like a torch on it, which is pretty cool. They said a Timex wristwatch. I don't like it. A tactical kit, tea teabagging atheists, never been easier. A DO1 mini camera, which attaches to your fucking iPhone, a cut resistant Kevlar sleeves, an ultra effective personal internet hub, the three Mattis moon tank top, a wicked spiral knife that looks scary as shit, a pocket constitution for your liberal friends and a Starbuck gift card for the fucking commie pinko in your life. I like that one. Honoring First Cav Heroes, a long road home. I will be doing a review on this. I'm taping it all. I haven't been able to watch it yet. But I'm going to do a review on that. It is on uh the History Channel. It looks really good. Or excuse me, Nat Geo. I always say history, but it's Nat Geo. And I, it looks really sad. But it's during their time in 2004, um the uh First Cav and... It looks like a really good series, so more to follow on that. Time for the crazy. All right, this one kind of freaked me out. Stranger than fiction, real life tra- Stranger Things base uses creepy mass mind control to trigger shootings across the world. Conspiracy theorists claim. Yeah,
2: they say it's a base.
4: Camp Hero in Montauk, New York. Sometimes people just gotta chill. C.W. Supergirl ties Trump to Nazis with Make America Aryan Again slogan. I watched the first two years of the show, Call Me a Loser, but I did, and it was actually entertaining, and then it went all, I hate Trump, and that was it.
2: I I can't watch it.
4: Eminem's Trump bashing video called The Storm was a big hit with the resistance and Colin Kaepernick, but the rapper is upset about who didn't take notice. Actual tweet from The Hill. Eminem, extremely angry Trump did not respond to his freestyle rap bashing. He was interviewed by Shay 45 and he's upset that he didn't come back. Cassandra Fairbanks. Wow, Eminem is such a whiny brat. I feel like he's not paying attention to me," the Detroit rapper said. I was kind of waiting for him to say something, and for some reason, he didn't say anything. Somebody else summed it up: Weeks of desperation." Uma Thurman is in the in the news. Slams Harvey Weinstein. You don't deserve a bullet. You deserve worse.
2: Yeah. I like that.
4: If you were watching University of South Florida, they had a fantastic game with UCF. But Quentin Flowers jerked off for a TD celebration. Not real, but he literally did the jerk-off international hand sign <clears throat> And didn't get in trouble for it. just want to bring it up, because Baker and Anfield had to do a whole Mia culpa for doing his symbol to somebody. But um, this guy did. thought that was interesting. Yashar Ali, exclusive in an audio of a phone call I obtained, Danny Wasterman's publicist Jenny Weinman suggests to one of his victims that a woman can't be raped by a man she's in a relationship with the the Church of Scientology told the victim this as well oh really but that's not the capper Church of Sweden to stop clergy calling God he or the Lord and bid to crack down on gendered language Wow. Wow Wowzy wow wow. To the college crazy! Professor blasts thin-skinned students who demand safe spaces. Two female law professors argue that college should promote a culture of true grit to help fight against thin-skinned students who demand safe spaces and trigger warnings. The professors postulate that saving free speech from the force of political correctness requires a greater emphasis on emotional resiliency, resiliency, not just laws designed to prevent tactics like the heckler veto. Her name is Terry Day and Daniel Weatherby. They will lose ten- uh, tenure. Most Ricky Tech. University of Alabama only hosted two conservatives last year. Of the 16 political events held at the University of Alabama in the past year, just two have featured conservative speakers or topics, while nine have presented liberal perspectives. The liberal events, often hosted by university departments, address the topics like social justice, Black Lives Matter, climate change, yada, yada, yada. That kind of breaks up that the South is all a bunch of fucking racist, transphobic, bullshit, fucking bullcrap. Bullcrap! Bullcrap! Even University of Alabama is bad. Theology professor writes book connecting Christianity to racism. Yeah. Fordham University recently highlighted a theology professor's new book claiming that white Christians are responsible for racist policies and structural discrimination in America. Referencing a 15th century doctrine asserting that Christians have the right to claim land inhabited by non-Christians, Janine Hill Fletcher argues that these ideas can create conditions that have real life effects. Because there's a whole bunch of white people walking up to black people. I own your shit. Yeah, that, that's happening. Not. Pentagon, uneasy about college selling terrorist artwork. Jay John College of Criminal Justice is causing a stir with an art exhibit featuring works created by current and former Gitmo detainees. Pentagon spokesman recently noted that the Department of Defense questions on where the money for the sales are going, but a professor who helped curate the exhibit claims she had not been contacted by the authorities. Only in America could somebody do that. Last year sometime, we had a flyer for an elementary teacher's classroom. It's like a workshop. It came back again. So for those who are new to the show, got to cover it because it's the same thing but in a different school. Teachers attend, wait for it. L G G B D T T T I Q Q A A P cosine of four sensitivity training. So, in this article, I must break it down because this is the new one. You don't want to get in trouble. This one was in Canada. Lesbian for the L, G is for gay, G is for genderqueer, B is for bisexual, D is for demisexual. Oh boy. Another new one, let's get out the ever-expanding queer dictionary to figure it out. A demisexual is a person who does not experience sexual attraction unless they form a strong emotional connection with someone. Yeah, we just call that normal where I live. Okay. T is for transgender. T is for transsexual. T T is for two-spirit. This one is complicated, dear ones. For sure you have to be a Native American... And smoking a lot of peyote could only help to understand what the heck Two Spirits is. It appears to be a third gender not yet discovered by science and only found in the Native American community by gender studies majors who take adventures, vacations, and hang out in sweat lodges. <laughs> <laughs> I is for intersex, and that one, yeah, we already know what that one Q is for queer. Q is for questioning, if you're queer. A is for asexual, people who have no interest in sex. We call that celibacy in the real world. A is for allies, people like my daughter who think they're gay, but they're not gay, but they're an ally, so they act like they're more gay than gay people. P is for pansexual. Wow, that's a just a more confusing way to say bisexual. Let's just break it down. And polyamorous, polyamorous. There we go, I got it right. People are basically leftover hippies who miss communes or hardcore Mormons. Either way, they are people who like to have more than one partner, especially... Uh, at the same time. So they're just called perverts.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Then this happened, and I gotta play a bumper. This.
10: This. This shit. The- Fuck your assholes. Fuck you, asshole. You asshole.
8: This is why we can't have nice things. You asshole!
10: Are you just an asshole? Is that it? Fuck you, you asshole! You
8: ever hear the saying, you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole? You run into assholes all day, you're the asshole.
10: Fuck you, asshole.
2: You! You are such an asshole! You are an
10: asshole. You!
8: You! Dumb asshole!
20: Asshole. Fucking asshole! Away from me, you asshole.
21: He's an
4: asshole. Now this is a thing. I'm not making this up. I didn't know this was a thing. But this is a thing. Cameron Esposito. Our neighbors to Joseph Nativity is up. And I'm beaming. Here's my gay-tivity scene with two Marys. gay Activity. Responses. Why is it okay for you to disrespect somebody's religion but not others? Alberta Stan. I'm a strong defender of LBTQGIEIO community, but I can't see how this is anything but mockery of Christians. Honestly, wondering why it's acceptable as you see it to make a mockery of something others believe in. I'm sure others mock you for your belief and maybe far worse, but I have to think you don't deserve it. Is it that you don't feel respected, therefore you won't show respect? A woman is a spiritual mother of 2 billion Christian worldwide, but now you want to take this away as well? Why do you hate women? Patriarchy, somebody says. So there's gay Understand. If I were to mock Christian, or, excuse me, if I were to mock gays in any form or fashion, put two snowmen outside humping each other it would make the news I would lose my job I would have death threats but you can do gay activity scenes you're all fucking assholes you're assholes you're hypocrites and you're insulting an entire religion which last time I checked you say anything about Muslims you're a piece of shit I'll bring that back out for our show How Liberals Want to Destroy Christmas They're already doing it, everyone First alien contact Russian cosmonauts find mysterious bacteria On the hull of the ISS That's not from Earth That's creepy Positive Breakthrough for growing food on Mars After scientists prove worms That are vital to healthy crops Can reproduce in Martian soil they actually brought soil back and they got them to do it interesting mysterious night flashes near mount agung volcano observed from satellites this is creepy people of course are believing that it's aliens that are making the volcano and i'm not reading any more of that okay jurassic park fossilized prehistoric eggs found with perfectly preserved embryos inside Scientists have discovered a horde of 70 million year old eggs containing perfectly preserved embryos and sides. Hmm. I wonder if they'll recreate them. We can have Jurassic Park for real and get eaten by raptors. Man Sue's Kennywood, which I did not know there was a Kennywood, but I'm assuming it's like Dollywood, says he got eye-eating parasite while on Raging Rapids ride. Sweet Jesus, that scares the shit out of me. And I was going to play it, but I'm not going to. We've got a lot of media, I know. It's been a week, so I get a lot of media put in there. But a lady was saved by four dogs at gunpoint. Fucking awesome. Um, Literally, guys tried to break the fuck in, and her dogs just got all of them. They didn't shoot the dogs. I think they got so scared, they just bailed. So, that's a crazy. Let's go to our lighter fare. All right, right out of the gate, Walmart pulls threatening shirt at RTN, RTDNA's urging. Rope tree journalist t-shirt, Haynes tagless t-shirt. Rope tree journalist, some assembly required. That was actually a shirt. So within 24 hours, they got taken it down. The nation's largest retailer Wednesday removed from its website a controversial T-shirt that threatened journalists shortly after RTDNA and its voice of the First Amendment Task Force sent letter to the company, top executive, requesting its removal. Their reply, we're grateful for warmer switch to action, but dismayed that it had anyone else selling the shirt would offer such an offensive and inflammatory product. We live in an environment which political and ideological discourses deteriorate to a level where some find it appropriate to advocate violence targeting journalists merely for performing their constitutional guaranteed duty to seek and report the truth. Yeah, who starts that? You or us? I hate to say it. They were looking for it. Somebody was wearing this. Um, this tweet is from November 16th, November 6th, 2016, at a Trump rally in Minnesota. So they looked to find where the shirt was and they got rid of it. Interesting. Simon and Schuster, last day to enter to win a phone call with Hillary Clinton and a signed copy of hashtag what happened. Second place is two phone calls with Hillary Clinton. Two phone calls and 15 drinks in. You can discover where it really happened. Third place, get your campaign advice. That was all the smart-ass response to that. Salon, here's your leftover turkey. The case for Hillary Clinton 2020. What better way to honor the holiday with a spiteful argument for yet another Clinton candidacy? They put that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another funny one, BBC recruiting new broadcast journalists, but whites shouldn't apply. They outright say that. They don't want white people, but that's okay ignorant new york times op-ed laments the brutality of the male libido the unexamined brutality of the male libido through sheer bulk the string of the revelations about men from bill cosby to roger ayles to harvey weinstein to louis ck to al franken and this week the charlie rose and john lassiter have forced men to confront what they hate to think about the most the nature of men in general almost all are uninterested or unwilling to grapple with the problem of, at heart of all of this, the often ugly and dangerous nature of the male libido. But a line in there for every man, and until we collectively confront this real reality, the post-Weinstein public discussion where men and women go from here will begin from a place of silence and dishonesty.
18: Yeah.
4: Our last little article before a sound bite. Want to end sexual harassment? AG hopeful says elect candidate who doesn't have a penis actual platform of a woman candidate in Minnesota. Okay. Sounds great. So in line with this Saturday night live last night, which started a cold open anti-Trump, which I fast forward with. So I don't even know what it was about. That's some really lame skits. But it was non-political, which surprised the shit out of me. And then they had this little gem. They had some Russia, uh, Irish actress on. I don't know who the fuck she is. Circe, I don't know who she is. This doesn't touch politics, but I'm playing it because I think it's pretty funny that the fact is all this angst is due to 31 Democrats and one Republican with sexual harassment claims media is not going to cover it, SNL is not going to cover it, but they'll pull out this little thing which is called Welcome to Hell.
0: Hey there boys,
26: <laughs> we know the last couple months have been freaking insane. All these big, cool, powerful guys are turning out to be, what's the word, habitual predators? <laughs> Cats out of the bag women get harassed all the time and it's like dang is this the world now but here's a little secret that every girl knows oh this been the damn world it's freaky it's nasty it's button under the desk but this is our hometown we'll show you welcome to hell now we're
25: We got. To hey! Oh, and this ain't a girl group. We just travel in a pack for safety. This is how I walk home at night.
26: My dad gave me a pink gun, so there's a lot there. My little trick, if someone's following me, I put my arm up like this and I go, Oh. Because then he'll be like, she's not worth the trouble. Welcome to hell. Now you're in our boat. Look at that guy, what is he up to in that trench coat? It's like a maze here, all full of boners Hey, what was that? <laughs> Just a cat Wait, who owns the cat? Could be a trap Welcome to hell hey! I guess it b- b- begs the question Whoa, why didn't you say something, baby girl? Well, dang, Double Daddy, we definitely did For hundreds of years Oh, man. But I guess no one, like, care. Because it kept happening again. What? And again. Really? And again.
10: <laughs> oh, come on. Hey,
7: uh, just wanted to say, I think what you guys are doing is really cool. I get it. Uh, But you do know that it's like a million times worse for a woman of color right oh,
26: oh my god yeah. yes, yes. 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 That. thank yeah. you
7: yeah. well let's get back into this
26: now house of cars is ruined and that really sucks well here's a list of stuff that's ruined for us parking and walking and uber and ponytails bathrobes and nighttime and drinking
2: Yeah,
4: that's funny but sad at the same time. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share with your family and friends. Send comments by emailing F O P P O D C A S T at Gmail.com. Fop Podcast at gmail.com. You can get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Tunein Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F O P P O D C A S T dot com. Fop podcast.com. It's a theme. To see links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. There you'll also see a link to every episode on the episode release page and my blogs on the blog page, which I really need to blog. Intent is to try to get a podcast out Wednesday, but let's just shoot for Friday so nobody's sitting there waiting, which I doubt anybody is, for me to do this. It should be the uh, 7th. Or excuse me, the 8th of December, year of our Lord 2017. Uh, can't do a Saturday next week because the 9th I have an event. The following week I got a parade. I got to drive my Jeep in. Holiday seasons. It's pretty tough. But I'm starting to build out a end of year show, which I want to do on the 31st of December, year of our Lord 2017. Gotta cover some crazy from the year we have just lived through. Cannot wait. For 2018. As I always end out the show. It's the holidays. Enjoy your time with your family and friends. Watch a lot of Christmas stuff. There's all sorts of good shows coming up. And on the 17th there will be an NBC show. A live christmas story play which i am really stoked for that but it's a great time to spend time with family friends so disconnect your computers get rid of your damn phones enjoy some traditionally good family meals christmas cookies which we are making as i'm speaking and take a break life goes quick and then it's gone and as I have learned, your kids move on, and it's just you and your wife. And i got to admit, there's a positive and a negative. I like the big table with everybody at it. and made me feel like a grandpa. But this little just me and her stuff is also fun in itself. So regardless of how it works out, regardless if it's just you and your cat, spend time with them. As always, I thank you all for listening. Take care.
10: Of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know,
26: where the tree hearts glisten and children listen
10: to hear. Mary